shot you. Seco separate the weight from the conductors. Oh, somebody get the duct tape, cause I got hell in my basement. <laughs> That's not allowed. So Someone call Swuggy. Yeah, call the. I thought you say SWAT team. Yeah, same thing. So we're gonna need them. Welcome to pee pee poo poo op destiny. <laughs> <laughs> May I take your excrements? Yeah, I used to think my life was a comedy. Now I realize it's a cringe comp. We don't like heaven. We're all no. going to hell anyway, so. Hey, hey I'll see it, you dude. There, bro. I'm crawling to her. Yo, strap on your heelys. I can't believe you just shit on grappling hook like that. Yo, what's crack a lack and uh, clap back tack? Franny Pack is back and he's your host. And we're here. We're all here. We're here for the reunion. We're here for the holidays to, I don't know, bond over this finale, this crescendo. Or ruin a few bonds. Ruin bonds? Oh, yeah, depending on what everybody's opinion is. Oh, okay. You think we're going to bite? Yeah, I think we're going to. I think we're going to. I don't think this is a controversial episode. I think it was beautiful. But before we get into it, I got to introduce everybody back together for the holidays. We got Lego Pizza. Yo, what's up, everybody? Lego Pizza back again. Dude, and we got somebody hit their lighter. Who got a lighter? It's spades, bro. Aside, dude. Yeah, baby. We got spades and Lego. And we got the what? We got pinker than black. Oh, I hate that anime. We got darker I, than pink. Rhapsody. We got pink menace. Yeah, I wanted you to come up with more nicknames first, but I'm here. Yeah, where's the muffin? <laughs> that, that joke will. It'll, <laughs> that joke will. It'll start hitting with everybody I soon. I like it. Well, I like this episode a lot. Dude, this is insane. This was multiple crescendos, uh, not giving me a break at all. It, what, what was the, nah. na the name of it? Tact-Hope. Good name for the episode, for sure. First thing I thought of was, I don't know, last time we had a character's name in the title of the episode. We, You know, you guys know how it ended. <laughs> and there was super similar patterns in this one, uh, as well as quotes. But... Dude, this is episode 12. This is the final episode, and we got some news. Do we want to drop some of that news now, the thing you posted in the Discord? Yeah, right I, can, I can go over that. It's kind of exciting, Bike. <clears throat> We're getting a whole bunch of original, not original to the anime music. They're really going all out for us. And then the soundtrack is getting released in February 23rd. It's going to feature 44 pieces of music from the anime series. Uh, there's a standard edition and then a 
first press limited edition that's also going to be available, which will come with a collector's box along with a 68-page booklet, bonus tracks of tact, uh, tax voice actor Kiyoki Uchiyama discussing the music, and sheet music for tax song with love. Now, this song got released the day the, or actually today, so the, you know, couple days after the finale of the show, and it's a completely original song that was created for the show, which is kind of dope, honestly. That, that's super dope, because so that, I was, like, expecting to hear this song, too, at some point. I have a feeling it might be at the end of the show, but I'm not sure. Like, at the end of this episode, it might be that song, but I don't know. It was just released today. So if you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. If you search Tactop Destiny with love, you can you can find it. Um, and that's going to be in the soundtrack. And I don't know about everybody else, but I'm definitely going to get one of the limited edition uh, soundtracks because it's like a collector's thing with like a 68-page booklet. There's sheet music and tax voice actor discusses the music. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to podcasts, shout out you. I mean, that's... It's like the same thing, but it's like that Chadley dude. But dude, that song with you, so that's the song. It's what we've been waiting for. Uh, we listen to it. There's no piano in it, man. I don't even know. Like, there's got to be more, or maybe more different variations of the movement. We're learning. You know, the, I'm throwing terms out there now. I'm showing my fat musical vocabulary. I'm impressed. Yeah. Oops. Randy, put it away. It's all good. <laughs> oh, it'll come back. But let's just jump into it, man. We got a lot to go through. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say. We're going to try and make this quick. To be. No, we're going to freaking hang out, dude. All of us are here. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that happened. Shit. But though, that be, I want to give my little gripe as, with, as well. Hello. I really like the whole reveal, the writing. All the shout-outs, the call-outs, the symbolism, that's, I don't know, I know I'm, that's what I like, so I loved it. My only gripe would be I wanted more of that Mappa Madhouse fight, that Sakugo. Yeah. Where we finally got it, like, halfway through here. I'm like, yes, this is what everybody was waiting for. This is what everybody was expecting. Please capitalize, because you don't have much time left. Because, thank God, you know, Lego, I know we've been talking about a lot, how great the writing is. The relationships, the banter, the conversations back and forth with them, how they remember everything and they bring it back. That, what is it, balanced out, subsided, or carried the lack of expected banging, fighting animation we get from especially Mappa and Madhouse. Yeah. So that's like my only possible complaint, but I'm not complaining because it was great in other areas and it made up for it. So yeah. how does it store it? Let's see. Right with the OP? See, yeah. Franny's long-ass notes. So the episode, Tact, or Hope. I like that. Hope. Mm-hmm. It's it, cool. It made me think that we were going to have like a, a nice conclusion that was going to make you hopeful after you were watching it. Yeah. Which is exactly how I feel. So they, you need they hit for me. You need to yeah. accompany hope with sorrow loss or pain you know that needs to come with it it's like the lime and salt with the tequila shot they're two sides of the same coin that's beautiful and yeah i think it has to do with kenji asahino's quote as well of what music is and that was tax ultimate clapback attack 
that literally made the motherfucker say checkmate, dude. Not literally, but pretty much. We'll get there at the end. Catch us in like three hours. Get back three hours. But yeah, man, right from the jump when it started, it, it just, it hit me. And, you know, I know a couple episodes ago, I was like, dude, this OP finally hit me. I heard it, and I, and I actually, I can feel it now. Like, t somebody call Mr. Krabs. Tell him I'm feeling it. Just like what happened with Darwin and the Franks. And it did it again today when I, when I heard it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the last time I'm going to hear this OP. It, like, in this series for the first the first time, for the last time. And it hit yeah. different. I don't know. Did you, did, did you guys think of it? Did it make you think of anything? Did it hit you a little different from the side? Hit you from the side when we're usually just thinking in dog? <laughs> it got me like emotionally ready for the for the episode because I knew it was going to be an emotionally heavy episode because it's the finale and there was so much on the line like it was leading up to this epic fight and I kind of like it that they put it in the beginning because it like let you know that you're about to embark on this like grand conclusion and it gave you a little bit of time to like you know fix your pants and your tie and you know sit down and yeah, tune your instrument. Exactly. Yeah. That, I'm with you on that one. Like, as soon as I saw it right at the beginning, I'm like, here we go. All right, all right, sit down. I'm not ready, but I'm ready. They brought us back on the rails. Yeah, it really did suck you back into that moment. And it made me feel grateful. I'm like, damn, this journey has been amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it kind of, like, broke down my wall, made me a little vulnerable, and got me focused in for the episode. I just, it locked me in. Like, this OP was great. Listen to the whole thing straight this time, and I was, like, grateful for every second of it. I was kind of transcending in the moment. I think I levitated a little bit off my chair. A little early crescendo for the beginning. Yeah. A prescendo. A prescendo. <laughs> but there was, like, a, there was some big ups in the quality, man, as it should be. This is the finale. As we kind of consider it part two of the finale, because that last episode was lit-ass. Yeah. And, it, dude, it hit like a movie, bro. Even, like... You know, like we were comparing it to Marvel a lot before. Like there was some, I'll, I'll, there's some cinematic stuff in here that you see in movies and you don't really see much anime. And I, I'll point it out at least one of them. And like, I wrote right here even before it started. I'm like, these fight scenes, man, in this show, look awesome. If we don't get more of them like this, like, do you, do you guys th think we got enough? I kind of covered that before, naturally. I, I don't think there was enough personally for my taste like i love shonens i love battle animes and i just wanted more because every time they do it they knock it out of the park and they flex it in a lot of the commercials and pvs like you're gonna get this all the time and you don't it's especially being made on by both mappa and madhouse yeah there wasn't nearly enough i mean it's very reminiscent of like the later seasons of attack on titan where it's like the drama's a, a, worth it's taking yeah. over for the action. Yeah, it's like it's now a drama show instead of like a battle shonen, like the first season is. And I mean, for a valid reason, like there was a lot of like heavy shit in Attack on Titan in the later seasons, and you know, unraveling mysteries and stuff. So it made sense that they departed from like full on action all the time. But whenever they still did the action, it was always really good. Yeah, yeah. it it was good. Yeah, I think it was a great blend. That was like could be my possible only complaint if someone like held the a kinky umbrella gun to my head and made me like, answer it. But in the studios, we're also very busy this season. Like, breaking the fourth, True. thinking about it like that. Uh, I think it was a great, you know, like kind of like bridging 
or starting to build a bridge between these great companies. Hopefully they do more stuff together or other companies take on that. Do you want to do that when they see the success After this, the door wasn't opened. It, it's been just kicked off the hinges. Shout out Titan. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, dude, right after the OP, it comes right away. And then unleash your sound. It's showtime. What's dumping? Harp guns. A whole lot of tax life force. Just all the greatest sayings from this show. And yeah, it's... I'm like, oh yeah, we get this epic clash right from the jump. I kind of forgot how the the last episode started. Or ended, right? Yeah. They were about to charge each other. You know, tax classic. Fuck what you're saying. I'm going to tell you to shut up and run at you. I have no patience. It's like the opposite of Naruto's talk no jutsu. Tax like, how about we stop talking and fight? No, this is (laughs) no talk jutsu. Yeah. Ooh. So the very first scene, dude, oh my god. Like I was talking, dude, it was a little too accurate last episode when, uh, flying metal assault liars. And remember I said Orpheus originally played a liar? Yeah. I love that they added that. I immediately recognized that that was like what you were talking about with Orpheus and the liars. I was like, wow, that's, that's dope. Because when they showed it in the last episode, they just showed you the front of it. You didn't yeah. see that they were, like, right. based off of a musical instrument at all. We thought they could have been metal boxes, like skinny little, but they were just liars facing us. Like front. those ones that shot up out of the ground and blew everything up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I thought. That's where I'm getting at. Like, we were really kind of on the point. Like, these things are firing little missile projectiles, but they're, like, mythology, old school, ancient, archaic instruments you know like mini harps if you don't know it i didn't know what they were but and then i'm like okay they got big old machine guns too and that magic science combination thing we were talking about like that reference like really with the can can electronic remix of i forget the name of the certain song in the movement of uh the infernal gallop infernal gallop good recall yeah so literally symbolism and references flying around the screen uh first three seconds into the show they really just wanted to wave their big stick out right away yeah and dude tact he says yo this isn't bussin (laughs) (laughs) yeah word for word we we hide it behind a purple crystal about to die by the most embarrassing ridiculous thing i've ever seen i hate them i i don't like this magic science thing like i'm really leaning and hoping that this reference is for a reason yeah, I really don't like it. Like, that Japanese composer thing, I hope it's right. But, dude, death by assault techno liar? Like, don't tell my friends. <laughs> like, leave my internet history. I don't care. Like, just don't tell them about that. Like, it's like smacking ass in an online game, and, like, right before your victory royale, you get smoked by a hacker, and they, like, T-pose, T-bag you. Like, getting one is bad. But when they T-pose while T-bagging, you're after they just... Yeah, I couldn't imagine getting pose bagged on. (laughs) But, uh, dude, Destiny reassured... Dude, this is a... Destiny? This rose is blossoming ridiculously this episode. Starts out... Was it? I was going to say, it was quite the, like, final build-up of, like, culmination of who she really is. Like, she's finally there. She's who she is now. And, like, you just see the resolve that she has 
to do her job and make sure tax okay so that he can make music and live on yeah and orpheus challenges this for her and acknowledges it it's so sick dude but she reassures him that they got this fam she used to she's used to finding one-on-one she says oh and uh kind of like titan I think there's something the Titan would say. And it makes sense because Tact responds with, I guess it's showtime. And I'm like, oh, dude, what? Here it goes. The writing is just going to freak on us. What I want to say is I really like the Seiyu for Orpheus. Yeah. Oh, she knocked really liked the, the boys. And like we said last episode, it's the original voice actress for Sailor Moon, the Japanese one, which means mm-hmm. she's older, you know? But I, when Orpheus was introduced at the end of last episode, she looked like a character. And I like that just wouldn't speak. And it was just part of like the threatening suspense of the whole thing. And I was I was half expecting that. And I was like prepared for that, ready for that. And just getting all this conversation, all this different colors of personality from her and her reveals and her passion and destiny calling her out. On her, oh, my goodness. Like yeah. I was just like eating all that up. Yeah, like, Orpheus, they got their money's worth out of this voice actress. Dude, it was probably pricey. Like, Orpheus didn't even shut up. She talked more than everyone else this whole episode. I think you're right, and I loved it. I, it's I a brand like, new character. I was on the fence with it. Like, I liked it, but at the same time, like, when Destiny said... You, oh, I forgot what Destiny said right now, but Destiny straight up was like, yeah, you need to shut up, too. Like, yeah, she, I, I think I remember that. But what do you guys think of Orpheus? Did like I know my impression of her wasn't impressive, my first one, the first impression. But this exceeded that. I was like, holy doggy, this blew my expectations. I love her. I think that we got like a little like we got a nice snippet of her because we eventually see like more backstory with Heaven and Hell, like a little flashback, kind of telling the tale of how they got to where they are today. And I really like that you were able to kind of see the emotional like buildup of who Orpheus is in this one episode. And it's really like halfway through you kind of get that. So they did this like fast track character development, but it actually worked in my opinion. And it had a foundation already. Right. I mean, you had the foundation of the two other music arts, uh, but like seeing it as a lens of like this one person and like the culmination of the feelings of the two, it really hit. And like the fact that she didn't shut up. I mean, I love a, I love a good villain who can't shut up. So, yeah, as long as they're good and they can't show up, they're really yeah. And she was phenomenal. So I like how they uh, didn't waste any time and get and treat us like idiots by explaining every like they kind of left it up for our interpretation. Like you're supposed to understand this is a flashback, even though we didn't, you know, n- no proper transition. And you're supposed to understand that this is heaven and hell combined, and they have these experiences. And now it's I like that it, they gave it. Ooh. They gave it to me, and I, I got to do my own thing with it. They didn't yeah. spoon-feed me. I'm an adult, though. One of the cool things was- I'm almost they, there. When they did the flashback, they did, like, the movie-themed black bars. I love that, whenever yeah. they do flashbacks Ooh. like that. Because it really just makes you think, like, oh, I'm going back in time to when movies did the double black bars instead of having it, like, full-range, like, high-def kind of, you know, whatever. So it's, I think that's a cool way to, like, show that this is a flashback without putting any, like, cues- in the actual, you know, art or whatever. Did you notice, I don't know, tax fighting style? I feel like I got a little insight on it. Maybe it's just a theory. But 
there's I, I think there's a pattern. It's he, he seems to use his intelligence and wit to make like quick like we said, he make Tactasina, he makes quick work. You know Tactasina. Yeah. Of his enemies, and it's it kind of like a beatdown deck in Yu-Gi-Oh, or you like a choice specs Alakazam or something like that. Yeah, like he he comes at you full force enough to like ruin whatever defenses you have, and then whatever opening that left, he capitalizes on. Because he is fully aware that he is going to come up with a solution, a conclusion on how to beat you before you can think of anything, and he's like, oh, this is my chance. This is my first chance, and I'm taking it. I also mm -hmm. think that he's very aware that if the fight progresses at any sort of real length, that he's just going to die. Oh, yeah, time is very much up the ass. <laughs> yeah, so I think he's just like, uh, you know, the best defense is a good offense. So how about we just go balls to the wall, maybe? And Orpheus acknowledges that, too. Yeah. She acknowledges everything, dude. Yeah. It's kind of scary, and I like it. She reminds me of hell. But, yeah, man. I mean, it's been a pattern protect. He makes quick work, and I like how they followed through with that, man, and now there's a real reason for it. He was, like, getting ready for it. Didn't even know it, but he needed to do that in this situation. But, dude, he pulls out a mega kick talking about Pokemon. Holy smokes, dude. Yo. I did not expect that, and I, I loved it. Do you know what a double reverse is in, in football? No. Or a regular reverse, where like when you pretend to like, you back up as a quarterback, you pretend to throw it, but like you toss it back to the running back, and he's running behind you. Oh. And a double reverse is that guy, the quarterback passes it back to that guy, and then there's another guy coming around the other way, and then that guy passes it back to the other guy, and he goes the other way. Double switcheroo. That's what this attack was. Yeah. Because attack, dude, just the impact, the slow mo, the visual turbulence with the music. Still at a regular pace during the slow-mo and the visuals. It just worked so well. And Tax, Destiny's powering up, doing some shit. And then you just hear... Yeah, Orpheus is even looking for him. She's like, what? Huh? Is that human running at me? Nani? And then just that freaking... Dude, all the impacts on all these hits. So many different times in this. I'm pretty sure she smiled when she got kicked in the face. Oh, she did. She was... Talking shit as her face was being like smushed in by a shoe. Yeah. I don't even, did her face get smushed in? Because I'm pretty sure it stayed the same and she just smiled and laughed at Tack. Maybe the shoe was getting smushed against her hard ass face. She's just got those regeneration abilities, you know? Yeah, yeah pink I'm, nose. I was a little jealous at that. It's like if a Pokemon trainer used his Geodude as a distraction, like picked up, like you just picking up big ass rock. Yo, hold up, everybody back out. And then, and then you get bonked in the back of the head with like a. With a, what are those? With a pokey flute by the trainer. You're like, what the <laughs> hell just happened? Oh, I was gonna say a cubone with a thick club, uh, or like a slowpoke tail. <laughs> but those are banned. Also, I, I, this episode fully proved Destiny's got the coolest running in anime. Oh yeah, she she really like makes running scenes look cool. She just makes every scene look cool because she's the best waifu. But you know. She really proved herself, Rome. Like, blew my expectations. And we, oh man, we knew it was going to be great. Holy smokes, dude. But, dude, I think the, the double sneak attack, didn't it cost her a liar? Didn't she, like, sacrifice one of her liars yep. to, like, block the attack? Like, when Pokemon, you just got to switch something in and sack it when they're about to hit you, drop a Draco on you? A little substitution. Yeah, I didn't notice that. No, I thought, I thought Destiny shot right through her and hit one of them and then it ricocheted into the other oh maybe that's what it was 
Like, Either way, one of them was definitely destroyed. And when she gets kicked in the face, she's looking at Tax and she says, You've always been like this, Tak Tasahina. And I'm like, Oh my god, she knows him. Oh yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta figure this out on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Love the dude. And then Destiny again. Reassuring Tact, making the decision, taking the lead. Different. Tells Tact to go on, dude. That classic trope. Go on, well, I got this from here. You know me, fam. Bro, I thought that was so ridiculous. That was literally just anime plot bullshit, if you ask me. Because instead of going, well, go on ahead. She should have just done what she did with the Weasel D2 in Episode 3 and just keep shooting. I do think that that was my one gripe with this, like, action sequence is, like, they let her regenerate for no reason. Like, Never let her half of her body was gone at this point, and she tells Tack to go on while she's regenerating in front of them instead of just, like, hacking it to bits. I mean, during this scene, she reminds Tack that there's little time. You need to go now. And he's like, oh, snap, you're right. So it, they built it. They built around this plot moving event to happen very nicely it made sense it, like, it does it make does. sense it, it does make sense. sense so like especially because it's like complain. if you if you stop sagan you stop the d2s that might be you know stopping titan from helping his friends escape right like there's a lot of time sensitive stuff that's happening right now so it does make sense to go like immediately to sagan but like their conversation could have just been a little bit quicker yeah destiny looks you in the eye says go on without me leave orbius to me and you look worried and she's like don't worry I'm your music card after all. And just turns around with the freaking gun sword. I, 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 you, Boy, you, you can be right. the one to say no to her. Yeah. I want to have faith in the gun. Go! And I'll make a sign real quick and get some pom-poms. I'll put on pom-poms. Dude, I would pom-pom for Destiny. Hell yeah. But don't, Des- you, don't you think Tack would have been like, make sure she doesn't regenerate? They did discuss that as well during that conversation before he left. So. Yeah. It, it's it's making so much sense. We're trying to poke holes in it, but it's hard. Just like Orvis's face. <laughs> Destiny straight up says, "Tack, don't believe in me. Believe in the music that created me." Ooh, puts on the glasses. Yeah, perhaps this is the final display, showcase of Destiny's development and maturity. We've been watching from the beep boop beginning, and that's what I wrote at the time. And this, and it very much is that. Towards and, the end. Except that she, I like that they keep her tenacity and, like, her original cockiness of just being able to take on whatever, right? Because, like, remember the first episode, she's like, oh, yeah, don't worry, I sense D2s, I'm going to go attack them. And then she just, like, falls flat on her face and can't do it. Yeah. But, like, this time she does the same thing, but she has all the experience and the training from Lenny and Titan to be able to actually meet the expectation that she sets for herself. Yeah. yeah, she's reassuring him, taking the lead, making the decision on her own. And, like, yeah, she's doing that same thing, but it's actually calculated now. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's tactified. Some would say tactical. But, dude, Orpheus, once again, praises her opponent by acknowledging Destiny's huge nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who would have known, dude? It's honorable villain shit. I was surprised, and I was uh, feeling pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised. How about that? Ooh. And, like, what other villains do that? Sell. That's like a sell move. It's definitely a sell move. Yeah, sell and, like, Jiren, maybe. Like, the villain 
wants to make sure that the hero is fully prepared and at their max to fight them, Hisoka, perhaps? Well now, Destiny, I'm going to destroy the planet, but at least I can fight you sword to sword. Step into the ring. Sword to sword. Sell sword, huh? It's just his tail. Yeah, Yeah. just some green leopard print shit. Get out of (laughs) here. Thank God his voice actor was incredible English. Holy smokes. Sheldon J. Plankton? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now the green makes sense. That's his middle name. What's his, what does it stand for? I have no clue. Jerome. I Dude, that makes a lot of sense. It, I hope it that is. That sounds actually. right. I, I'm a... It feels right. I'm a SpongeBob walking Wikipedia, so... Wait, you're serious? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. Oh. You got me. But I, I know. I, I'm very... Uh, you know that you don't know. Exactly. So now it's just Orpheus and Destiny having a standoff, right? And this is when Orpheus is like, ah, I acknowledge your freaking huge nuts. And Destiny's (laughs) like, oh, I know. I've been maturing. And there's an epic standoff, dude. And you can hear the swing. Speaking of Hisoka, of their blades echoing through this Black Knight set right through, like, cathedral rotunda, like, room, like this big spherical. I love a good rotunda. You know what I'm saying? Rotunda's like just a big-ass room that's like sphere-shaped. Oh, yeah. No, they were definitely in a rotunda. I uh, love a good rotunda. I thought that was a type of cheese. That's uh, Fremunda. Ah. That's Regatte. Dude, we we stand rotundas. Yeah, you know. We, you know, Ban us, you know? <laughs> I, I, dude, I just... I, I love when she talks. Using your body as a shield so that he may proceed... I will acknowledge your resolve and crush you with everything that I have. And it's, dude, I was like, whoa, dude, I can, I can still see some of Helen Morpheus. I wrote Morpheus. I'm an idiot. And it, it makes me sad and I miss her. Yeah. No, I, I would have much rather I would held back. Me too. When she, like, acknowledges Destiny, it reminded me of uh, Madara acknowledging Guy Sensei when he yeah. does the eight, the eight gates. Like, I acknowledge you. I, Madara, acknowledge you as the strongest. Like, that's that's the same vibe right there. There's two other parts where um, Naruto vibes come up for me, and one of them's just a blatant, like, homage, it looks like. You might know what I'm talking about. It's sick, though. It's with Sagan. Uh, Destiny chucks up a clap, attacked clap back? Is that what they are? Attack clap back? Yeah, a clap tack back? Back clap tack? (laughs) (laughs) You really are quite extra. It's annoying. And then just dashes forward. Holy smokes, she called her extra! She's (laughs) not wrong. This is a perfectly calculated music art. And Orpheus is like, extra what? (laughs) (laughs) And just charges at her. Tell me! Girls hate that. That was straight up. I know women, dude. Oh yeah, he's got a harem. Yeah, but what are you? What, you I was just straight saying, up. <laughs> it was straight up out of Tax Playbook. Like one hundred percent, she learned that from Tax. Oh yeah, it's not so a good. doubt. She's like, shakes her head. You're so extra. Matter of fact, you're annoying. Oh my god. You, I, I wish she said you. You're just an annoying music art. It's, it's like telling your, your girlfriend to calm down when she's upset or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> Holy smokes! Get ready for the fury. She was. Yeah, she was antagonizing the antagonist. I, Love it. I feel like there was something that Tack might have said to her at one point, too. It sounded oh. a little too out of his mouth. Yeah. she She's based and she's focused. I mean, which is fitting for the scenario, but it's also like 
that's Destiny's thing. She's very focused, looking serious when she takes her job seriously. She wants to oh, make, yeah. make people proud. She wants to do it. She knows what she wants. She's based, right? But this time, there's two different things that I've noticed. She made the decision for this scenario. She's the one that called the shot. Go on ahead. I got this. And as well as all the moves that she's making in this fight right now. She doesn't have a conductor waving the baton. Nope. And it, like, that's interesting. And she has personality now, like fully bloomed. Like she's using tax phrases and influences. Titans, as we saw both of those. And I'm sure there's some Anna in the scene. But we know for sure that there's been Anna in other episodes. So yeah. This is kind of like the final pieces of her personality. And it it's showing us this in a nice chronological order leading up to the end of this episode just in this episode it's great they're they squeeze so much into this they really did that's why i wanted it to be longer so like i could sit back and take it better yeah i feel you yeah we talked a little bit about this before we hit record and we were saying you know wasn't a lot of talking during this but every little thing they said i just i felt like there was so much behind it that i spent a lot of time writing notes and there wasn't even a lot of things said but everything said, it just made me freaking go off. Like, holy smokes, this means this. And I remember this. Hell yeah. And just freaking zzz, zzz, my brain just sparking. Little Jimmy Neutron brain blasts left and right. Kanye West is like, huh, someone's thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still in New Orleans. I, I just like this proper buildup and preparation for making sure the audience knows that Destiny is... Even though her her life may be short, her and Tax, it's looking like it. They are going to reach the end. They're gonna max level before they go out. Like it's it's so nice, bro. But, these two are not burning the candle at both ends. They just like dropped it into the fire pit. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to show you my fat candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one worked. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say something bad, like ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, then, all right, so we get some of that, like, back and, like, scene transitions to Tact and Sargon, and then it's back to Destiny and Orpheus, and each time I'm like, oh, yeah, we're doing this, all right, I'm ready, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is happening, all right, I'm ready, and then it's, oh, (laughs) oh, there's in the rotunda, oh, (laughs) dude, Patrick does, (laughs) yo, (laughs) Patrick is rotunda. Yo, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and dude. are black meteorite crystals an instrument? <laughs> According to Sagan, yes. <laughs> yeah, check this out. <laughs> Jeez, dude, that's oh my goodness. But dude, the scene transitions right here as they clash. They're dashing forward. Forward. That. Is probably going to be like the coolest screenshot of this whole series. Oh my god! That like one still frame right before they transition into like Tact and Sagan's conversation. Yeah, that one, and then there's like another still probably from the like towards the very end of their fight that also would be really sick that we'll talk about later. But dude, this like opening... those two. Oh, my bad. But You're... dude, this opening scene. Just that, that valiant decision out of Destiny stepping up, just blowing our minds, being like, oh, hold up. He's like, I'll heal. <laughs> Dot X sign. The go on without me, you know? The witty banter between them, the you're extra. Mm. The epic standoff, and they're brandishing their weapons, and then the clash. Like, I, th- this intro scene was classic. Like, no, you know, we've seen all this before, mostly in movies, though, not really in anime so much. Yeah. 
It's like the cinematic vibes are there. It's it's such a movie thing to pull that like, oh, uh, you go defuse the bomb. I'll stay here and hold them off. And this next scene, I don't know, Lego, you said I would be very happy when I watch this. And is, is this why? Heaven and hell? Can I get a nunny in the chat? The whole chat's blowing up. Nunnies, dude. Nanny? Jibo had the sound of the nanny. <laughs> nanny. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Heaven displayed some big power blast. Like, you know, the humans were so, like, they were getting taken over by the In the flashback. Uh, oh, you're talking about that screaming energy wave? I didn't know this was a flashback. I thought they were back. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought they were Orpheus. Why are they here fighting on the front line? Like, this is something, like I said, this is something they left for me to decide on my own, or at least I had to be patient mm-hmm. and wait for more context from the episode. So I was, my heart, I got happy, bro. <laughs> you had, no you had reason. Your, you had the hell back. Mm, yeah, dude. And I just thought it was cool. They showed Heaven just blasting through all the D2. And I was like, okay, that was something that we were kind of missing. Like, Heaven showing extra crazy power instead of just Shooting people when they're not paying attention and shit. With an umbrella. Yeah. That sneak bitch shit. We don't like <laughs> heaven. We're all no. going to hell anyway, so. Hey, hey I'll see dude. you there, bro. I'm crawling to her. Yo, strap on your heelys. <laughs> real quick, in that scene where it goes back to heaven and hell, hell's standing there with one leg up in the air. I was like, oh, that's a Franny, Franny picture right there. Cause oh, she kicked, it, wait. She kicked a, a, a like a wave. That, that was that purple wave that yeah. took out. And then it flashes back to heaven and hell standing there. And hell's standing there with one leg up in the in the air like she fucking kicked. Like crane kick pose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised okay. you missed that. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty mad surprised too. Shizzle? I like that. She's probably arching her back a bit for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, killing and doggy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Murdering and doggy. Killing in the name of mm, doggy style. <laughs> now you're thinking of doggy. I, I hate <laughs> that that stuck. I really do. Dude, that stuck to the wall like wet noodle. Yeah, like a bowl of hot oatmeal. <laughs> yeah. But, dude, and then Sagan's here. I'm like, dude, I'm thinking this is right now. And I'm like, wait a minute. And he's doing some Fugazi heroic shit, right? It's like he amps up the troops, you know, gives a Melly Giberson coon level speed. Melly Giberson coon. And AKA convinces them to sacrifice themselves like good little pawns. Yes. Which is very much another pattern that they capitalize on. They call it, oh my goodness. Classic military commander boy. Yeah, I mean, that's messed up. He's like, don't forget about your families. You're the only hope. You have to sacrifice yourself. Dude, and you just, like, hear yeah. in the background. All the like, getting, like, yeah. But then you also, like, right afterward, you just hear them all, like, being miserable and dying and, like, saying how they want to go back to their family and, like, oh, don't say I can't fight. I can go. I can go. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was, yeah. They, they, go, they go there in these last two episodes. I like that. I need that. Yeah. It really shows you, like, how this evil maniacal person was like forged in fire and war right but like something snapped because he went complete batshit crazy yeah that was when the town was like sent to ruin and he got to see all the dead bodies and he was just like i've never felt so alive oh i need more of this (laughs) i I don't even know if i we knew what he was thinking at this point but yeah now we know right we get a nice glimpse just like what they did with schindler we get a nice someone punched the window into his mental 
and they let us see what was going on in there for a little bit. So I'm going to treat this like it is a flashback, because it is. I didn't know it as I was taking my notes. But yeah, so there's some Rising Spirits type war music plays. Like, as we get a montage of our humans, we're human, promise, fighting back, and, and they're seeing success. You know all, like, those quotes that you were hearing, like, how they started out, like, yeah, let's go do this, and... I'm not done fighting, and then it started going to more, I want to see my family, and then it went to the town, and you hear all the like, the innocent civilians talking, and you just see the bodies. and So the guilt. The guilt and just the, the carnage of this whole war like, I, he, got to him. I don't know. He keeps harping on – he said it multiple, twice at least, his life being taken away, his future being stolen from him and uh, life being ripped away from him. And I feel like there might be something we didn't know that we didn't find out. Someone – something he lost a loved one or something I like think, that. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like it's it shouldn't be – it's not too, like, vanilla and, like, broad as, like, uh, like guilt and PTSD for more. That's why he's a fucking lunatic. I, I think that's what it really is. Like, low-key, I think he just got guilty because it he is low wasn't, key. Yeah, he wasn't able to protect everyone like he was supposed to. Oh, that's also not how I took it, though. I, I took it that way because, like, later on you see, like, the guilt actually getting to him. Huh. I, I don't know, man. Like, guilt... I didn't take it as guilt. I don't think guilt has that type of potency to turn someone's head into, like, freaking psychotic crazy crazy i i took it as like uh like a hisoka moment you know like where he just gets off on something that isn't something that people get off on yeah that's how you, you took it huh? like i'm not here i'm surprised <laughs> yeah well no i mean it's just it seemed like he got very excited about this proposition <laughs> that people are sacrificing themselves and losing their future. That's what I, I took it as. He was, like, talking about himself, but he was, the way I took it when he was talking about, like, losing the future, I think he was talking about the pawns that he was sacrificing, right? Because that's, that's what his thing is, is he sacrifices pawns in order to create chaos, and, like, that chaos is what he thrived under. Well, he sacrificed the pawns for a very interesting reason. At least that's my theory. I want to talk about it when he reveals it later. But I, what I think we can all agree on right now is in this final episode, and we know we're not getting more at this point, they could have gave us a little more clear, I guess, exposition of, like, what happened to Sagan, what cracked him, what made his turn. Because they showed us a little bit of it, but, like, all, look, all of us right here, like... We all have different theories, which I think is kind of cool. What's the reasoning way, behind it? Yeah. They really left it up to us. That's why this could have been an hour-long episode. Yeah. 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 You're right, man. It should have been. Yeah, I wish the flashback was longer and it wasn't just like, here's some war-torn battle stuff, people like being really gung-ho and then being really sad and then him like stepping on a piano, a little tiny mini piano for like a child and breaking it and then like having something snap in his head. Because yeah, that's, that's what I thought, like it it, tra- it changed. He's on right? his hands and knees crying like he just lost somebody or something and, and his music cards are standing behind him very sad and like, you know, they don't want to say anything and they're just really feeling for him. I'm like, it really feels like something was taken from him. It really does. It, like a loved one, a child, a, a lover. Like I, we just didn't get any of that. Well, like like I said, I feel like he he was so gung-ho about like, 
I don't think he was controlling the D two at that time. Yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't think that. No. So he was he was definitely gung ho about he saving had a little fire. People. Yeah, so he wanted to save everyone. That's why he was like, I really can't do this by myself. So let me give them morale. Oh snap! I think I get it now. You're right. Yeah, because he gave that speech and that was actually heartfelt. He was yeah. being genuine. Yeah, and then. He didn't expect. He didn't expect all because, the horrible stuff yeah. to happen. Oh, it really was a tsunami of guilt. Yeah. I, I don't then, know if it's guilt though. And then he's he's actually standing on the front lines. It's not like he gave the the speech and then he just dipped behind him. He was actually conducting heaven and hell. Oh yeah, when I said Melly Giberson coon. <laughs> yeah, he was charging really with like, just like Melly Giberson. Yeah, what a what a axe at. Okay, shoot, dude. Franny made a realization. Maybe the listeners knew that, and they're like moving the fuck on. So we will. <laughs> it was. De- I I want to give you credit though for like thinking at it in a different way because I do think that there are definitely different ways you can take it because it wasn't straightforward. It was yeah. very. You don't have metaphorical in a lot of ways. That's because Kush. Exactly. <laughs> There is many ways you could take. You don't have to take it straightforward. You don't have to take a missionary. You don't even have to go doggy all the time. Yeah, like we take it all the you know, we're taking it from the side this time. Thank you, man, for acknowledging. I would never my variety. Shame, I would never shame anyone for where they take it. You know, even in a public restroom. Hey, <laughs> it's not public anymore. I don't know what ju- that means, but <laughs> these music cards, dude. There's a yellow piano. Dress. There's like little pianos on dress. Dual wielding water gun pistols that shoot rainbow lightning like energy, honey. Um, I think that one's named after Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh, oh that's the Twinkle Twinkle mm-hmm. motherfucker. What about clarinet staff, school go- girl uniform, green aesthetic, incredible hair, my new crush, honey? Oh, I know who that is. Uh, that's my mom. What? Excuse me. Yeah. Why? Why did you just? No, it's legit. It's my mom. Eyebrow raised at me. <laughs> Pink looks so. I almost, I I almost am... did the Lego. Lego, <laughs> drop the other shoe. <laughs> what uh, the what hell you... did your dad look like then? Uh, a rooster. Oh my. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, this might be making a little sense now. All right, we're just gonna leave it at that. We'll leave the mystery. Uh, and then there's red salsa type dress, honey, bicking back on a wall with her leg thrown over the other on some classic. Aura Aura shit. That's Carmen. You know, the, is that the Nutcracker? No, 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 Carmen. You know the song that. Oh, oh serious? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes! I, I was thinking like, For where real? in the world is Carmen mm-hmm. San Diego? No, but I no. guess that's. Not- <laughs> it's it's funny. I originally know that song from Courage the Cowardly Dog with the giant like singing Yo. monster. Wow! Shout out Courage, dude. He always had a awful dude but he somehow persevered just like you know destiny so the salsa thing was on there it was a little yeah friggin', had a little uh it's l- latin it's uh carmen but it's also called habanera oh so Ooh, a little spicy yeah <laughs> and we also get a nice perspective and peep into what the human soldiers are going through physically and mentally this is like those quotes going back and forth like you yeah. said and these quotes and injuries and heroism and sacrifice it's kind of like uncomfortable to say but it's like the rare poetic romantic like beauty of war yeah if there is one and i i say beauty but i'm i'm really describing hope which is 
I didn't even realize that the name of the episode. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's never like that when you're in war. But when you're looking back at it, there's a lot to take from it. And some of it's like necessary for a bro- like not necessary, but there's information you gain that are going to make that's going to make your future good. I don't know. It's rare and it's cool. I like how they, they hit it and they didn't they just did a real nice balance like. And we get a heroic still of Sagan leading the troops, holding up his baton, marching towards the enemy. There goes the enemy. Jivo hit it. Look, there's the enemy. <laughs> I love you, Symphonica. Yeah. <laughs> Take us a hit uh, Putting, killing them with the Heelys of justice and peace. Stomping out the enemy. <laughs> Heelys of truth. Umbrella Damn. of lameness. Of kinkiness. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know umbrellas could be so kinky. Uh, dude. Some high spirit war quotes, but but some real shit riddled in there. Like the back, of, dude. Don't treat me like I'm wounded. I can still fight. And the dude's like trying to keep the dude's guts inside yeah. of him, and just bleeding and stuff. It just showed that. At least it was a still. It was very like World War One movie type thing. Like I don't know if you guys ever saw. Uh, oh, I forget what it was called. Was it 1927 or something like that? Or I forget. But there's a movie that came out in the last couple of years, and it was just like filmed as like one giant long shot like through the trenches and it's just that kind of shit and that's what it reminded me of like they're just in the trenches it's miserable everything sucks (laughs) that time i got saving private ryan (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that anime yeah dude the soldiers it's just dude spilling chisel all over the battlefield and then bro sagan this is when we show him cracking. He cracks, dude. Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall. Except if he fell onto a little tiny piano. Oh, you're right. What the yeah. fuck? And dude. you see him, like, recoiling as he's hearing all these, like, innocent civilians talking about their lives and stuff. And then that step back onto the piano, you could see when he, like, broke those keys, he broke as well. Oh, the, the little piano makes sense. And he's, I, like... It's also like the death of music. Like he's realizing this is the this death is of music. The symbol that when he stepped on the piano, I'm like, okay, there's symbolism here to take away. Yeah, like that yeah. was it. And dude, it being like a little kitty one, like it's just like, oh, I just killed women and children. Yeah. yeah so you exactly. could say he lost all hope. Yeah. He lost all hope. That's why he cracked for hope. sure. And the, and the noise that little piano made too is just like a sharp shattering sound. Too. Yeah. So I tied that right into his psyche. Yeah, that's why I think it's less guilt that made him crack and just the 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 realization that all hope is lost and that this war, even if it is won at what cost. This makes dude, I see like I'll admit, I thought I thought past all of this or just missed all of it when it was happening. It makes sense that like he's I'm like, why is he cracking right now? Maybe it was their execution. Maybe they rushed a little bit and I'm praising it a little more than I should. They did rush it. Because I it, I didn't get it. It was like it was basically this scene, real quick. This was him before he cracked, and then I don't know, fifteen second scene, and then right after, it's like this is him cracking. And yeah. I just I wasn't quick enough to pick on the. I didn't think they. It give was really that fast. fast. It was like fast, fast food. Like I don't like too fast. I, too too fast for Franny, dude. Like get Vin Diesel Coon out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but family. And. And then, I, like, I, right after that, isn't it, like, straight up, like, the next scene is, like, him with hell and heaven, and they got the tuning fork? 
I think so, and holy smokes, the intro to that scene is amazing, but... Uh, actually, I think the next scene is him standing in front of the Black Meteorite. Well, I got it for sure, so we'll know. Okay. But first, I want to talk about him cracking. I mean, we cracked, we you know, we peeked in that window into Schindler, and we're going to do that again with Sagan, because, you know, I still think they're, you know... We never even got more of their past either, which sucks. We really got we got no more Schindler. Yeah. Nope. He was just a patsy. Just and, the fall guy. And now he knows his lover is dead. Yeah. Too. We'll never know if that's confirmed, but you know, it's confirmed in our hearts. And rest in peace, Lenny. Rest in peace, RIP. Love you. I think this is a, a good display of his afflicted mentality, his psychotic mind, and, and how it manifests and how it affects him. The, I'm talking about these quotes that are going on in his head right now, back and forth, very um, contradictory or opposing each other. And it's like what's happening in his head, I guess, and then what's happening right now during the war, or at least what just happened during the battle. Uh, and his mental is like everyday life, like all walks of life. It's not. It's like different voices, like a little kid wanting to play, like a young couple on, a, on their first date, like a mother talking to her, her daughter. A uh, guy not wanting to go to work, you know, someone just wanting to party. It was just like, so I'm like, this isn't like, are these experiences he may have witnessed himself? And I don't know. But then right now, back and forth, these quotes are going good and bad, good and bad. I don't want to die. We are going to make it. I'm not going down without a fight. Like, they haven't executed. Executed. Oh, my goodness. They haven't evacuated the citizens yet. We don't we don't execute citizens. Yeah, they, <laughs> they haven't executed the citizens yet either. Yeah, not yet. Keyword yet. Oh my god. And dude, this had me thinking. So I'm like, is this his memory? Is he like, is this his life? Perhaps. Uh, is is it something more broad? Like longing for a life like that, the life he could have had after something was stolen from him, taken away from him. Uh, is it simply just heaven and hell symbolism, the good and the bad? Or the comedy and tragedy. Ooh, that's that's like I think the the real theme behind his his breaking, which you, you can parallel with heaven and hell too. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's just you know two sides of a coin, right? I, I vibe with that, but I'm I'm gonna stick to my my guilt thing. Sure. But that that's a that's a good. Uh, I don't want to call it an accusation, but that's the <laughs> word I'm going to use right now. But it's a theory. There you go. Thank God for that little piano, because that was the like explicit symbolism sign that's like, look here. Yep. And I, I wish I stayed a little longer, because they did put that for me, because I guess they knew they were doing it a little fast, and like, let's put this hardcore freaking full stop, look at this thing. He even looks down at it, too. Yeah, man. Why didn't I look with him? Oh, yeah, because I had my freaking notes window up over the screen. <laughs> You're but, sick. And the next scene. Not as sick as Sagan. Not yet. Next scene, oh, dude, oh God. <laughs> immediately on this transition, I hear the tuning fork. Mm-hmm. And it gets Franny a little excited, you know? But then, on her return debut, this is what I thought, bro. I thought she was back. It's a back shot of Hell's ironic booty, because that shit is divine. Oh. Yeah. Like, it, it came, it was blurry, and, and it's like, psych! We got you, fam. And it goes to HD. It just clears up. Full clarity. <laughs> just just service. her booty. Just a foot above it and a foot below it. I was like, why are they doing that for me? Yeah. What did I do? Because <laughs> it's the last time you'll see it. They oh, call, God. They call was... me lacking in 4K. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
I was wondering why I got a Snapchat from Franny. Maybe that's why I didn't pick up on like that whole Sagan thing. Because this shit just... It, just... it just put you in another world. Made me forget about everything, bro. And then it switches to the front-facing shot of her standing tall, hand on her hip, in a sick pose. Motherfucking Pogs in the chat, please. Pog, Pog, Pog. Pog, 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 Pog. But Sagan is, is now in his uniform, standing with Heaven beside him. And hell, in the very next scene, which I'm like, I'm, <laughs> dude, I was like, is this a scene from the past? Like, is is this just to, like displaying his like basket case mentality? But yeah, this is before you guys help me make a realization. But damn shit, did he bot me on the sidewalk, dude? There he is again on the next scene, and it turns out he never went anywhere. These were flashbacks. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one realizing this, but I was like, this guy is everywhere. <laughs> but then, shitty did he bought me on the sidewalk, dude. The Black Knight satellite that he impaled his hand on with ended up giving Sagan a brand new Orpheus of his own through his torso. <laughs> straight up blown out, dude. Bro, how is he alive right now? That's like... I don't understand. I think it's keeping him alive. I'd assume so. Yeah, there's no blood, right? It's just yeah. like in him, like it formed through him. It's like it a got paras- a little eager, or he did. <laughs> yeah, and it's he- like a parasitic relationship at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, pick. I was thinking he was like die tagged, and he just did a bu- belly flop on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a pink? Well, move? I'll absolutely kill myself as long as it kills tagged. <laughs> <laughs> Belly flop on this purple pointy rock. I, That'll get him. I realistically want to know how he got to that position. <laughs> they, I, they just need to put out like episode thirteen of him getting into the, on on top of the Saturday. I, I think it's when he first slammed his hand into it. All of the crystal started jutting up from the ground, and that yep. he just got knocked off of his feet and impaled. That's I like exactly the, how I took it too, because when he first did it too, you could see the whole symphonica getting cracked by the crystals. Right. I like the belly flop thing though. Yeah, yeah. Belly flop is I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. The, it's the cooler cannon. And as like this scene is transitioning into the scene, it, it's funny. It, we're in the flashback, now that I know it is one, and he wakes up during this flashback and he's like, Huh? What? And he's like, Wait a minute and then it transitions over to him on the on on the crystal being impaled. And I'm like, Oh snap, I like that. That was that was like the sim- cinematic thing I was talking about. They do that in most movies not like anime really that i've seen yeah it's like the character like wakes up from a dream but the dream was like the flashback or whatever like the first half of them waking up is in the dream yeah yeah like the real life consciousness is in the dream and then it fades into real life and dude this is this made me laugh out loud he greets tact like he's like, he's welcoming an old friend to their house, dude. He's just hanging there all bloody, waking up from a psychotic episode on this purple crystal. And he's like, oh, please, come in. Make yourself comfortable. He's, but he really says, I'm happy to see you, Tact. That's how, like, that's pretty much, like, what the heck is going on? I, I LOL, dude. And the scene cuts off right after he says, I love this world dearly. Like, that's the first thing he wants to preface with this conversation with tact well when you know that you like <laughs> fucked up this bad you should probably state that you had good reasons to go this far oh there's no good reasons it's that, just chaos well that's he's telling us right now he says i have good my intentions are good mm-hmm. that's that's what he's saying right now that's what he's communicating i love this world he's like all this pain and sacrifice 
I will make sure that it is for a reason, and that I feel like is what drove his insanity. I want to talk about that in a little bit. I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I wonder if this represents something or a piece of an overarching message, like an ignorant person with good intentions. Yeah, uh, it's it's the kind of like a trope for a lot of villains, and I really like they kind of did that with this, but it, it has its own individuality, like its own specific uh, significance. Uh, and Boom, dude. Back to Destiny versus Orpheus fight and hot diggity diglet on a stick. I almost forgot because I was entranced with that Sagan Tact confrontation. I really like that. When, you know, your whole dude's just hanging on a rock, bleeding, impaled. He's like, oh, come in. You want coffee? Oh, hey, can, it's the son of the rooster. What's up, my guy? I can make you a, a satirite seat if you want. Satirite seat, yeah. Uh, yeah, right here. This one's pointy. Sit on this one. <laughs> you fell for attack. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And my that's whole belly flop. My whole plan for controlling the D2s was just so you could sit on this pointy chair. I just wanted your attacked. <laughs> your dad sold out. This is all his fault. <laughs> oh, I gotta pee. Well, oh, good. Funny. We can cut that. Boom. Back to. Alright, so boom. Oh. Keep that in. Yeah. And boom, destiny. And then boom, I can't boom right, dude. All right, well, jam. Back, to, <laughs> back to the destiny versus Orpheus fight, dude. Right back to that hot diggity diggling on a stick. I almost forgot because I was entranced. Probably hell's booty. That and was I'm, definitely it. And that's my yeah. default excuse for not understanding Sagan's background and history and intentions. There we go. It's you know, valid. Always blame it on the booty. It, I always do. It's it's incredibly valid. Whoops. All right. So, just when we thought Orpheus had the most OP broken like weapon arsenal at her disposal, just you know anything she wants, like Devil from Black Clover type shit, and she continues to blow my mind by revealing this ultra dope purple on purple electricity sword to block a dash attack, suck my ass slash. <laughs> from destiny it was crazy she whipped out this she's like oh i have a sword too i don't just have techno magical mythological fucking harps and lyres i want you to name my weapons and attacks for me <laughs> yeah dude that caught me that caught me off guard suck my ass slash <laughs> yeah <laughs> Now, the, the only gripe I have about this is the fact that Destiny let her pull out that sword. Yeah, but yeah. It, she pulled out that purple sword with the purple veins on it. Mm. Forget Love about purple it. Veins. <laughs> I'm going to say let's get back on the rails. And uh, Orpheus, she's talking down to Destiny. I mean, actually, I mean, she's a freaking queen, right? I mean, when she takes out the sword, it's you know, she thinks it's no holds bar now. She, you know, yeah, I'm the Futa now. <laughs> Basically, telling her that she's basic, dude. Always will be. We're all basic. You ain't special. That's basically what she's saying to Destiny right now. <laughs> you alright there, like him? <laughs> no, dude, you broke me, dude. You said you said I'm the Futon now because she whipped out a sword. Hey, look at me. And that that symbolism is just. Amazing. Well, they put I'm the so... veins there on I purpose. Was say, I like, know. When you put the purple veins with that, too. I can't, dude. Oh, I spend too much time on the internet. I do, like, 
her calling her she was calling her basic she's like you're not special you think you have a personality you think you're an individual like we're all music arts we're just live to serve you're just like me and i ain't special you're not special our conductors are special and it's a cool like contradiction and opposing our destiny's newfound individualism her personality in full bloom right now it, it's it's challenging this right in front of our eyes and we're like damn is our main is our characters you know is her rose gonna withstand the storm is well, it gonna weather the storm that's the thing though like destiny is special mm. there's not another music art like destiny and that's been like said time and time again as the series has gone on yeah uh, clearly yeah. look attacked yeah i like how Sakon's whole master plan I'll talk about this at the end it's kind of trying to simulate what Tact and Destiny have as far as an anomaly that occurs in the whole cosmic natural order of things uh, he's just trying to force that natural cycle of happening of pain and suffering which leads to happiness which is necessary for happiness but it's supposed to come natural and that, that's I'm, get, I'm get, getting cushy right now we'll get there um. Oh shit! Destiny and Orpheus clash, and it's an animation explosion. It's fr- yeah. it it gushers. By far, my favorite part of the whole episode. With the light and some high quality, like gr- it's grainy effect, like but it's high quality, which is weird for us anime people because we're used to seeing that in like older anime, right? And it's it's all from the energy. There's like a reason for it, and I knew it, and they didn't say anything. And it made it look more hand-drawn, right? Yes. Yeah. It gave me Fist of the North Star vibes, like specifically the manga of Fist of the North Star, like that whole art style just like in motion. It's it's actually funny. It reminded me of two different things at the same time. It reminded me of Luke versus Darth Vader Ooh. in episode six where they're like evenly matched and you could see like the swords clash. But it also gave me vegeta versus frieza vibes where they like lock hands and they're powering up and they're just cracking themselves into the floor it was like the two of those things combined i'm like oh this is cool i mean if you look at it from the luke versus vader there is some symbolism there because technically orpheus is the reason that destiny was created so she is her mommy orpheus reason because the tuning fork. oh from hell yeah yeah okay she should have said, Wait, Destiny, long... I am your mommy. How long are your arms? Like this long? Okay, yeah, because you're reaching. <laughs> yeah, if anything, she was the uh, It was more of a joke. That Will, that Will Smith movie, Hitch, where he gets people together, <laughs> that was like her role. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she hitched him. Uh, I made your parents meet. How I met your mother. That anime sucks, dude. Watch Corey <laughs> in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, bro, it's about Malcolm in the Middle. Whoa. That's been banned in like six countries. We're not going to talk about that now. We have a lot of Brazilian fans. Shout out France. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out you. Yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. There we go. And at this time, for the first time, Orpheus changes temperaments, dude, and shows passionate emotion. It turns out she's more similar to Destiny than we thought. I love this whole thing. A, a very loyal music art who believes in the maestro over everything with all their heart. Like, they both have this blaring, passionate similarity. Like, it's their leading quality and how they go about their uh, little cute music art lives. I think it was, like, a really cool little background on just how music arts function. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, like, really deep down, all of them, their goal is to just They're do— just every otaku's— uh, 
wet dream. Just yeah, literally. Oh, it's just, just do whatever our master says, or like our goal is our master's goal, right? Which also, <laughs> it's like over. It's like Overlord programmed waifu. Yeah, girls. But it also makes sense with Valkyrie or Valkyrie. Sorry. Uh, Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Valkyrie. Uh, By the way, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to both of you. <laughs> that was good. But it makes sense why Valkyrie, who doesn't have a music art, her goal is the Symphonicas. Because it represents, or sorry, she doesn't have a conductor. Her goal is to protect the Symphonica and do whatever the Symphonica wants. Uh, yeah. Because that's like the hive mind of the conductors, right? Yeah. That's right. That's the de- that's what she would go to default. Right, yeah, it's like if I don't have a, a conductor, then I guess I just have to, like, you know, listen protect and... Protect my job. Yeah, protect, like, the the conductors as a whole. Okay. Definitely not using the shield, either. That's used for bashing homie skulls in. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that yeah. took a peep at her armor-plated skort. But and shoulders. I'm glad, dude. I feel like Valkyrie could have easily be manipulated. And I, I'm I'm glad she didn't by any bad people because yeah. she, she's a little st- hard headed and she probably not uh, see certain things because she's just so constricted by the rules with her perspective and everything. And, and all you would have had to do is be like, yeah, well, I I know you saw my crayon drawings of me killing Tactas Ahina Valkyrie, but it's for a good reason, and she might just go along with it. She he also, said it's for a good reason. She didn't. She also didn't have Lenny Senpai to guide her. Oh. So, not a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude, she. Blah, blah. So Orpheus also gives a little detail of that she's been with Sagan for a while. She says everyone else abandoned the plan. He, he was the only one who stuck to it. You know, and then she's like, I'm I'm saving the world. Like, justifying her own, like, actions. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. She's been, like, this is really heaven and hell's experiences. Like, the response, like, them combined. And I was like, okay, hell's kind of still in there. I'll, I'll fuck with Orpheus. Like, I could just get my harem to, like, just combine into one honey, and hopefully it'll, she'll turn out. And she'll have a nice thigh-to-neck <laughs> no. ratio. No. <laughs> uh, trust me, I've run the results for this test before. It does not end well. It gets a little shout-tuckery. Yeah. Oh, no. Some shout-tuckery-fuckery. Yeah. Put that on a fucking shirt. Oh, please. <laughs> Anything but that. Whipped cream tucker? Yeah, I'd rather have huge deer nuts on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's less offensive. Some nice script. I really yeah. love the artwork for that, too. And I have, so I have some slight, I'm going to take a break, maybe play a drop for some slight Orpheus simping time. Yay! Uh, I'm just so glad we're getting so much conversation out of her. I already said this, but I, I just love the Seiyu, dude. Sailor Moon. And I was really ready to expect her not to talk, and now she's talking, and I'm getting a little bit of hell vibes back in back in my life. Uh, I think, like, on on the hell vibes... I think if heaven was in better condition when they fused, it would be like split down the middle. I mean, she has no personality though, so it makes yeah, a exactly. lot of sense. But like, I I pointed out to Pink how hell was holding heaven, then they fused. If they were on equal terms, like healthy per se, 
uh, their personality would have been down the middle. But since hell was healthier than heaven, hell probably took more of more of the fusion. Well, actually, in my opinion, if Titan didn't absolutely wreck heaven with the Ultra Kawaii Cannon, then that fusion wouldn't have even had to happen. They just would have flanked Destiny on both sides and just 2v1 stomped her. Oh, my goodness. Talk, yeah. Forget Doggy. Getting flanked from both sides tonight. Yeah, I'm thinking in split roast. Shout out, oh. France. <laughs> Shout out, <No>, France. <laughs> and, dude, do you notice the Orpheus inside of her hair is holographic? Ultra rare. Yeah. It has secret rare. I secret noticed that rare. when I rewatched it today. I, that was that was a nice detail. That was the thing I was trying to tell you guys last episode about uh, Kill a Kill. She looks like one of the characters from there because her hair does the same thing. Mm. Well, uh, iridescentness. Yeah, so that's yeah. That was Orpheus Sim time. Come back next time. Why just simp on Orpheuses? There's plenty. And porpoises. Yeah, shout out Nanners. Can we get some blegs in the chat? Bleg. Pee pee poo poo. Pee pee. That's how I do my soundtracks. Oh yeah. And I say other things. Yeah. It's dope. Uh, Sakon drops a uh, now. Switch scenes back again to the other super hype ultra crescendo that's happening right now. Sagan intact. And Sagan drops his big reveal right here. And it got me like, damn. I was anticipating a reveal like this earlier in the show. I think we talked about it. But then, like, I was thrown off the trail. So this drop was really lit ass. It was some... The good type of hot dog water. <laughs> it's a good type. I was gonna ask, is there a good type? There is I a good type. Oh, do explain. I don't wanna. I didn't prepare that much. But dude <laughs> Sagan is the utilitarian, bro. I mean, not on purpose. It just happened to align with his how Psychotic things worked vision. out for him. Yeah. Psychotic vision, yeah. And it kinda makes sense since Schindler had the same ideology, just he had a bigger mouth and which makes sense because he was Lenny's lover. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, in order to, to fit all that man. Yeah. It's coming full circle. Yeah. Just like Schindler's uh, mouth. <laughs> no, Schneider's mouth. Shit. No, it's Schindler. You oh, right thank God. You both of them. You miscorrected yourself. I've never both. seen anyone do that. <laughs> well, I'm breaking records. What was Anna's last name again? Schneider. So there you go. Stop it. You're confusing me. Uh, so what's it like? So, dude, he wants to gather all the D2 on the continent. The entire continent? I think even Tax says that. And really, bro? Like, North America? Uh, so all the sacrifices he made so heartlessly, almost deliberately, even like when he didn't have to, I, I thought perhaps this reflects his unhinged, obsessive commitment to his goal. After he snapped, like, all the sacrifice will be well worthy of the victory once I achieve it. I will achieve it. I have to. And for all the, for the whole planet, for, like, all of humanity, for, like, everything. And he's, like, all these sacrifices he's making, he's, like, as long as it gives me a 1% chance of doing it better, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to saving the world, which I'm going to do. So I feel like he's just made the wrong turn in the woods, for an example, and then, like, it's too late to turn around, so you're just going to keep trucking forward as hard as you can, just hoping you find something. 
Yeah, he never heard of the sunk cost fallacy, unfortunately. And so he just kept going. Does anybody know what that is? The yeah, obvious not. silence. <laughs> I was circumcised. So the... <laughs> The sunk cost fallacy is it's a it's it's a theory of essentially saying like you know how like uh, like I bought concert tickets, uh, but you know because I already bought them I should go even if I like don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a fallacy. It's like oh you don't have to go like just because you bought them. It's a sunk cost. Like you don't have you know what I mean? Yeah, that was me trying to make sense of like. His deliberate sacrifices. Right. So his, like, these sacrifices, and now he's, like, too far gone kind of thing. He thinks he has to keep fulfilling it, but, like, he doesn't realize it's a fallacy. Like, you can stop at any point. Yeah. It's okay. But he keeps doing it just to, like, he, it's the only thing holding his fractured, cracked brain, his mental together now. Because it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> that that motherfucker ain't got nothing else going on. No, I thought you were gonna be like same. Right. <laughs> no, jeez. I, I was gonna say, oh wait, that was like my toxic relationship. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude. There's a lot of relationships that are like that, man. I feel you. Like, uh, by any means necessary. Like he like overdosed on base. Yeah. Like he's based, but like he, he got also overdosed on. Oh, crack, which like Lil B came up to him and was like, bro, you got to stop. <laughs> no, it, it's the full circle effect. He got so based that he like full circled around into cringe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's go. a closed loop. I didn't know. Based cringe conspiracy explanation. <laughs> this is a, the first reveal for everybody of the cringe based theory. And I'm it's, here for it. So there's a, a huge theory. difference between cringe- <laughs> because it's not a theory. It's the truth. Listen, we're not cringe here, so it's all good. Well, like, all right, let me pink. Do I have this right? There's a difference. A, a big difference between cringe based and based cringe. Yes. Huge difference. Cringe based is like, you know, you're based out of cringe. That's where you came from. That's what you are. Gotcha. But cringe, uh, Sorry, based cringe is like you're based because you acknowledge your cringe. Oh, oh, yeah. AKA training arc. Yeah, dude, I like that. It, it actually finally you've explained that to me like ten times. Never understood it. Well, just I also don't speak well. Now so. it's on recording, so if you forget, you can just play it back. Yeah. Episode oh, yeah. twelve, attack top, everybody. Because <laughs> put Cush. it on a t-shirt. That's a big t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, see, cringe based is this, and base cringe is that. That actually might work. That would be a sick T-shirt, just like a bunch of text. It's I love always it. better to be base cringe than cringe based. Mm, that's a do, conversation starter. You could do front and back, and then on the sides, training art podcast, and then on the back is back to front. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna use that on Tinder. I'm so, gonna be like, yo, icebreaker. Would you rather be? Based cringe or cringe based? All right, then give them my number when it works. This is mine. <laughs> Back on the rails again. So, Tack challenges this philosophy we just kind of pondered upon a little bit. And he says, by sacrificing the whole continent, you're going to sacrifice a continent to stop the sacrificing? And Sargon points out that Tack has seen his own share of sacrifice. He's like, you've seen your own share of sacrifice, haven't you? Think about Lenny dying and Cassette dying and your father dying, please. I, the this, balls, dude. This that is, was horrible. 
I, I said, oh, hell no. He's doing that psycho villain shit where they drag you down to their level of pain and yep. suffering and chaos. I hate that shit. It's a trope. And it, I don't know. It worked well this time. I didn't think I it was like, I've seen it before, bored, Demon Slayer. No, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Rooster's death was brilliant. So was Lenny's. And he, he speaks of Kenji Asahina, tax father. Yeah. As if he were a peer or, or a friend or perhaps a mentor. This is also something we don't get any more information on. But it's the first time someone referred to him as Rooster, not the Rooster or uh, Maestro Asahina or something like that. You know what I'm saying? He just called them Rooster like they were old freaking yeah. uh, clubbing bases, buddies. Baby. Yeah, nickname basis. Like they did a podcast together about like shampoo bottles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have pretty good hair. <laughs> pretty good hair. They do have pretty good hair. Um he said I already said that, he said. But then Sagan shares more ideology, which reminds me of Datara from the Akatsuki in Naruto. The way he, the beautiful explosion, the the best way to really get the fullest life out of your life is to go out with a huge bang. And then it really reminded me of pain, especially from Naruto, with a blaring similarity of being painfully, willingly encased slash infused in a weird object. <laughs> yeah. And being the main bad guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I agree. And, it, I mean, his whole kind of concept is like, and the whole world shall know pain, right? Like, yeah. The whole this, continent will know sacrifice. They will all hear the ode of joy, and they will all know suffering so that we can all know peace. Like, I, was, I was just about to say, and they will all hear my music. Yeah. yeah. So, with that same, I don't know, ideology and that blaring similarity physically in the art and the design of the whole villain thing, like, yeah. It's got to be a Naruto little inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely felt it. Also, the song that plays this, like the whole time he's like going on this monologue speech, it's the same one that played episode five when Hell was skating up to kill the giant D two. Like, I can't wait for the soundtrack to come out so I can actually like start bumping this. Dude, I'm gonna bump it so much, dude. It's I love classical music for when I'm like trying to grind something like you work related. You know, it's like perfect vibe music for yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. I'm grinding down the stairway to the gates of hell mm. on my heelys. Yeah. Then Shagun. That's what you call her underwear? <laughs> <laughs> I just called that like a, a trophy. All right. A blessing. I call it hell. my face mask. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say a scented pillow, but okay. She says, man, they this. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hell. Uh, Throwing your life away for the sake of the world, you are filled with joy and saved. This is Sagan's, he's letting us in on, like, what he's thinking, right? And he mentioned stuff about having his future stolen and his life ripped away. This is when he does that. And he also mentioned it took him four years of preparation. I mean, we already understand that the chronological uh, Sagan declaration thing now. Yep. The weird thing, too, is I was surprised they used the four-year mark because... I didn't he also orchestrate the death of the rooster, which was ten years ago. That was confusing to me. So I I had to assume that the uh, psychological snap happened before that, right? 
but maybe yeah. it was only the four years is what this plan has the, been the, implemented. The continent plan, perhaps, yeah, which yeah. makes sense. Maybe that's when the they successfully created a a proper uh, tuning fork yeah. out of the satellite. Yeah, like the first test was the uh, the, the rooster, massacre. the Boston massacre, uh-huh. and then they were only able to like refine the plan, and you know, six years later, leading up to the declaration when they all went to sleep, and then they were able to plan this out. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then Cassestini Dinette was created. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he says. This is like that fleeting moment of silence before a conductor waves his wand. And I was like, he said wand? Are you sure you're a conductor? And he even attacked asses yeah. this time. Because we confirmed it's a baton, dude. Yeah, Harry Potter's cringe. This we guy's don't want to hear. Stop playing video games. Start freaking practicing his music, dude. Before the first note is heard, it's time for the performance to begin. It's time for everyone on this continent to hear Ode for Joy. And that's when I went, oh, hell no. Here we go again. And I opened up Google. <laughs> and uh, I got a little bit of information on this. A little bit of symbolism. Classic Americano. Yeah, so sh- there's this guy named Schiller. Do I have it? He was the original writer of it. He was German, perhaps? Uh, what is it? Uh, Friedrich Schiller did that. Sh- wrote this shizzle. It's a, he was a poem, a poet. He was a poem, and he wrote a poet. In, ni- in 1785, this one goes way back, yo. All right. Check the- he later made some revisions to the poem, which was then republished posthumously in 1808, right? And it was later version that forms the basis for Beethoven's setting. So Beethoven picked this up and really like blew it up. Despite the lasting popularity of the ode, Schiller himself regarded it as a failure later in his life, going so far as to calling it detached from reality. And that's when I was like, oh, oh, oh that's wow. Sagan. Yeah. That's why he Holy said cow. ode to joy. And of value maybe for us too, but not for the world, nor for the art of poetry in an eighteen hundred letter to his longtime friend. So Wow. Yo, these writers, dude, they always pick like the perfect song to just make it have this like really cool Easter egg connection if you want to do the research. That's so sick. Yeah, I'm looking back at it now and it's like he wrote this Ode to Joy, and if you ever checked it out, I gave it a quick read before earlier today, and I'm like, wow, this is very poetic, very uh, I don't know how to say it. It's just like all encapsulating, very cosmic, talking about life and death and the afterlife and the beauty and the meaning of life. Very heavy and powerful. And then looking back at it, he was like, I was detached from reality when I wrote that. Like, man, I was high as shit when I said that. <laughs> like, that's basically what he's saying. It perfectly reflects Sagan's master plan yeah like he had all this and now looking back on it and he confirms this with his final thing he's like oh shizzle my whole life has been a it was a comedy the whole time yeah so the punchline hit so this was my once he said like my comedy has come to an end yeah well we're gonna get to that oh okay sorry i have a little more on ode to joy yeah yeah so over the years beethoven's ode to joy has remained a protest anthem and a celebration of music right it was performed yep. on Christmas Day after the fall of the Berlin Wall, replacing Freud, Joy, with Freiheit, Freedom. And that the Daiku 
concerts in Japan every December after the, the 2011 tsunami. It is December. Yeah. Yep. And in the show, it's December, and in real real life, it's December. Yeah, and 2011 tsunami. That makes, like, I don't know, this show was probably began its conception around then, perhaps. But that's really rich, and I'm not that stretchy, but... I don't know. There's the Japan reference right there. Yeah, yeah. They play this every year on the anniversary that that horrible tsunami messed up Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's uh, that's the Ode to Joy little stuff like that. But good reasons for that, and they didn't. I didn't have to go crazy. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get to the freaking the comedy thing when he makes his little Eureka aha moment. Like, oh, uh-huh. it's really good closure for him too. It's it's great. Not that he deserves it, but it it really puts a bow on the poetry of just like everything else in the show. You, you know, we can't exclude him. Then he says, pain is true happiness. And if you pull up Ode to Joy and read it, then it's pretty fitting and well-matching to his philosophy right now. Um, the, then it transitions back to Destiny Norpheus. Here we go. Here we go, dude. Orpheus is standing over Destiny, sword drawn, and she's smiling down on her. Going for the kill, oh, yeah. dude. Oh, man. She's showing range of emotion. The, the fun time's over. She accepted the challenge. She acknowledged the resolve. But now she's got to do what she's got to do. Yeah, I had my fun. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not going to say something bad. Uh Big flex with the animation right there, dude. It looks so good. Those purple lips, dude. They glistened. Succulent, yeah. Yeah. Those Suck scary. me next. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't just let that one go for any. <laughs> no, I'm glad he didn't, actually. Dude, the... Holy shit, this finale is getting me every time, dude. As Orpheus swings her final blow to Destiny, I was expecting Titan to come back, as she promised us. That's what uh-huh. I thought, dude. Titan doesn't let us down, dude. But nope, it's Destiny's battle. She has something to prove, and that's that she isn't basic. Fact. She's anything but basic. She's, I'm not basic! She is her own free-thinking motherfucker who just respects, loves, and shares a deep passion with her maestro. Uh... Then what jam, dude? There's another one. They fuck, they freaking punch each other, and hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. These studios are giving us the shit we wanted, right Yo, now. That was the still I was talking about when you brought up like a really cool oh, still. Yeah. The still of them punching each other, where it's like the classic, like evenly mm-hmm. matched fist into each other's face. Usually I two brawling bros. Yes, but it's too. Like Sasuke and Naruto did it. Uh, I'm sure Goku and Vegeta have done it. Like. It's just like that classic anime trope when like it's an evenly matched fight and they just each hit each other at the same time. Oh, dude, give me that injected it, into my veins. When when <laughs> when Orpheus was swinging the sword down and Destiny's on the ground pulling like the oh don't please I'm injured, just to like sneaky disarm her. That was the hypest part of the fight. Oh, it was so awesome. It was so it was so tact brained. I think the hypest part is. What happens very next, dude, or during this actually, right after that, she said as she hits a verbal crit, critical hit oh, on yeah. her. As she's blocking this, she goes, "It's not the world you want to save, is it?" And Orpheus is like, "Oh, 
You exposed. <laughs> you exposed me. He, she, she Justin Timberlake her. Justin Timberlake in Coon Coon. <laughs> she she and you know Orpheus Janet Jackson. Oh man. Because hit him with the sayonara. She's like sayonara sayonara. Oh, I like that. Oh, hold on. I'm readjusting my seat. Now I lost where I was. But, dude, all right. Because she's like, we're going to save the world. I want to save the world. And, dude, Destiny just being, like, really big brain, dude. Big nuts, big brain. Uh, Put a ring on it. <laughs> she's like, you want to save – you're not doing – you're up, You're in love with your conductor or something like that, right? What do you think she meant by that? Because they didn't explain further, but this I is, really like how they showed this that. This is what I was talking about before where it's like really the true goal of all music arts is whatever the goal of their maestro is because they're just so dedicated to their maestro, right? So it's like you're not – you don't really care if his plan works. You just care about helping him achieve it. Dude, do you know what And that making means? him happy. Dude, that means that that shitty review that we dissed on – was right. Oh, I was thinking that too. This confirms that it is waifu bait. Yeah. I don't think it's waifu bait. No, this no, is it definitely is. This is waifu bait. Is. They've like almost every single one of the music arts shown for the game already have appeared in an episode. It's like join band camp, uh join the orchestra, pick up the trombone. You're going to get a a submissive, obedient, super cute <laughs> girl that'll do whatever you want and agree with everything you say. I mean, look, but I'm she's not saying the power there. to throw a piano 50 feet into the air, catch it and bring it to you. I'm not saying don't sign me up cuz I want to be signed up, but I do think it's more meaningful than just waifu bait. Either oh, way, massively fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> massively put together. Yeah. At the very least, which, you know, saves it. I want to be Anna's music art. You know that that means that you're the bitch. <laughs> that's oh, fine. that's what he likes. <laughs> Good. That's, that's what, yeah. Listen, we, we An, like we've that. already de- determined that Anna Schneider is the most powerful character in the show. On episode five, when Destiny goes and runs off to chase that D2 and kills it in front of the train... If you remember, Tech kicked the jack out from under the car, which means within that time, Anna picked up a car, put a tire on it, put the bolts and the hubcap on, and then whipped that thing over to get to her in time. I love how you still, like, (laughs) harp on this one thing in episode five. I love it. It's insane. I agree. And after seeing Orpheus' personal flashback of... I've talked about this a little bit before. Sagan on his knees, distraught, shattered, in emotional turmoil. Like, what happened to this guy? I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You help me learn now. But I, I wrote this is probably when he made his decision and everything changed. And yeah, it's obvious now. And all right, so next, do you know? Can you hear that? Dun 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 dun. We get it. Dun, 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 dun. Franny Peck's dope. You guys remember how it goes. But it, it's playing in... It's not just the sound. It's not just the drop. It's like a variation of the song in a choir. Yeah. It's got that choir like singing to that part. And it but just it's also slapped. an upbeat, like, hype fight tune. Yeah. This it, is how Destiny breaks your jaw. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for the scene, man. Yeah. Really well. And... Dude, what, what, dude, what better for the crescendo? For Beethoven's third, right? That's what we started with. Fifth. Yeah, Beethoven's fifth. That's what we started with. Is that who Destiny is? Yep. 
Man, make a sense. Mom, get in the orchestra. It's time for the crescendo. <laughs> you know what time it is? Uh, it's the bump at the bum. <laughs> Destiny pushes past her limits right here. Shit, that's an understatement. She goes off on Orpheus, dude. Explosive display of animation, color, and incredible impact punches. And she goes... I, I just like this. We touched upon it a few minutes ago. But, like, they just go in the... They drop the gun swords and the crazy freaking liars machine guns. And mm-hmm. they just go straight brawler mode on them like hood bitches. Pulling Hell out you. each other weaves. <laughs> Hell you. They're magical weaves. She's saying the dopest shit she's ever said in the entire show right now, and she's declaring her ideals, her ambitions, and her perspective. Just based, I'm not a basic bitch. I do yoga. I make my own coffee. I sell candles on Facebook. <laughs> in this new, confident, mature, like tone of voice. Like just filled with passion and conviction. Like you guys know, do you remember like yeah. her voice in this scene? Like it was the same voice actress and everything, but like it, it literally gave me goosebumps. It didn't sound like a robot this time. It sounded like a full fledged human telling you what's up about yourself. Passionate resolve. It a, was consistency. A real vibe yeah. check. I, I just love that the pacing of the development of twelve episodes. Yeah, it's always really. It's an art form to pull that off. Uh, she says, I want to protect the path that he is going to take. I want to stay by his side forever. I'm not crying. The future that I want to see is the world he desires. And she's saying this as this the most extravagant, uh, mind-blowing animation we've seen thus far in the show. Yeah. This Easily. is a crescendo. All in a bunch of hooks. Yeah, dude, <laughs> just this brawler fighting, like, knife-edge death fight from Yu Yu Hakusho, Dark oh, Tournament. I love that. It's, like, one of my favorite parts of Yu Yu Hakusho. And I was like, dude, whoa, she is fucking doing stuff. Wow. Why did I write that? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I mean. You're not wrong. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> probably because when. Uh, <laughs> probably when Destiny fucking hooked her in the side, it was like a beam of fucking light coming out of her fist yeah it was insane <laughs> shit destiny literally blew out her back at one point too <laughs> I like guess quite she literally punched her in the stomach and her whole back went out guess she ain't thinking in doggy anymore she ain't That's thinking she in got spine there. just like her her conductor she got a brand new orpheus that she oh. didn't ask for orpheus <laughs> with the new orpheus uh dude and talk about a rose blossoming and being like i was just straight awestruck at this scene like just hearing her declare her ambitions just finding herself in that moment and just taking it by the horns and just all that conviction yeah. we love that conviction dude louie from b stars taught us mm-hmm. what to fucking look for when it comes to conviction and all of this came after orpheus too said what would a music art that was just recently born know oh i love that line for Destiny to be like, hmm, well, be boop, I know a lot. Yeah, <laughs> what if I know mm, everything? Mm. I know what my mission is and what I want, my ideals, and actually you're the one who's just lying and putting up a front. Yeah, and mm, butter sugar. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, it's simple. You know, I want to stay by his side forever, and the future I want to see is the one that he desires. And then while she's throwing this earth-shattering haymaker punch she goes and do you not feel the same and i feel like that's got to be my favorite part of the freaking show right there 
And that that was her Are you not entertained moment. Oh yeah. Like straight up. Like Russell Crowe or Sin Son. Yeah. Re- Russell Crowe Coon Senpai Oni Chan Chan Chan. <laughs> that was better than mine, so yes. <laughs> uh I don't know, dude. Russell Crowe. What are you doing with that hair? Why you get that haircut, man? <laughs> that movie's over. You know, you know, Gladiator was good. But all right, let's get back on the rails now. <laughs> I'm so confused. You never had a problem with Russell Crowe's haircuts? Oh, where like his hair in in Gladiator where it's like this weird like little you have bangs, but you like cut them like halfway. They're not even halfway. They're like a half inch bang that's like perfectly gelled every single fight in oh, a gladiator oh, ring. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. That's yeah, yucky. Yeah. It's like when those girls wear those tank top, those shirts that where they're flexing their under boob, but it's his hair. <laughs> but it's his little curl. Let me show a little bit of my forehead, but not too much. <laughs> Tee-hee. Okay, I now swear, I'm glad that you pointed this out. This is how we get canceled. <laughs> what Russell Crowe's all, under hair? Yeah. All the Russell Crowe stains coming out of the freaking woodworks at us, dude. You'd be surprised. And dude, bam, back to tact and Sagan, dude. We can't stop, dude. It's like, like what? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then Sagan says, <laughs> offering up many lives and turning pain into happiness is the only. Is the one and only way to save the and the Texas. Shut up, (laughs) (laughs) dude. You can't have an episode without Tag clapping back. It can't happen. He's the. I love him as a main character, dude. It's just like he just the buck stops with him, dude. He's just like, how about you just shut the fuck up and we get this over with. I'm almost dead and I can't listen to this anymore. I'm actually somehow in worse shape than you. And you're going to sit here and waste my time? <laughs> Shut up. Dude, It's Shut I wish up. more main characters did that, dude, instead of having, like, a full-on, like, conversation with the villain about, like, oh, you, you know, my, my real plan is this, and you're going to try to stop me, but I, you can't. And then the other guy's like, no, don't do that. But what about the children? And instead... I am the children. Tack just, <laughs> just cuts the bullshit, dude. He just says, shut up, dude. Especially with Shonen. Uh, The main characters, it's almost a trope, very much a pattern, that they're the most, one of the most annoying things in in a Shonen, the main character. And like you said, Tact, he's special. He doesn't talk a lot. And when he does, it's important we listen. And it's just, I feel like that's a good foundation for a good Shonen when you have a main character like that. That's why I really like Kimono Jihen, perhaps too. Very quiet. What's Kimono Jihen? It's like a Hunter Hunter. Walmart version, but I had a freaking blast, and it was twelve episodes. Nice. I'm really looking forward to a uh, second season if we get it. it. It's one of my diamonds in the rough. Ooh, check it out, we, fam. Yeah, we covered it in one of our previous seasons. Uh, yeah, dude, it's super special. But Tact interrupts him, right? Where are we? Tact says, "Shut up." Oh yeah, first I was like. Hmm, I'm thinking, like, dude, offering up many lives and turning pain into happiness is the only one, one and only way to save the world. And I was like, ah, he's kind of onto something, but don't cancel me. Uh, how the ups and downs of life, this is where I wanted to bring it up. How the ups and downs of life are, it's a natural balance. It, we need to understand pain to be able to experience joy. You know, that should make sense. 
We're all human. Promise. But this isn't natural. This is Sargon imposing his flawed human will to attempt to simulate this cosmic, like, anomaly, anomaly, keyword level, omnipotent natural balance. Much like what Tact and Destiny are, this anomaly thing, as Lottie explained it to us. Right, right. So I... I just, I don't even know if they did that on purpose, how this came full circle, how this all matches up from the bottom to the top. But I just think that's, it's so cool, man. These main characters, they have something special. We know that we're traveling with them and and the enemy's been working on, yo, there goes the enemy. They've been working, and we got to put that in again there. Look, there's the enemy. He was trying to simulate that and make it on his own without nature. I I, I don't know, because Kush, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, actually, I do know. I am not confused. Yeah, dude. You want, you want to hit this helium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tact, interrupt, Tact interrupts him with his primary weapon, the Shetapu. And we got music, dumbass. I thought you were a conductor. What are you, a poser? That's what he says to him, right? Pretty much. And he says, why do you have to be in despair? You have music. Music always saves people. That's what he really says. I'll tell you. I lied right there. But I see the same thing about Kush, speaking of Kush. Yeah. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't. I was like, you have Kush, dude. Kush saves people. Smoke Adobe. Log on to Pokemon. That's all you need in life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and tact continues man only because i had music i was able to get to this point and holy schmoey dude and then destiny walks up and joins beside him again just putting the last nail in the coffin on that pattern that these patterns that we see they're just wrapping everything up with a nice bow dude shout out Kremis. shout out the holidays Merry crisis. Pink's <laughs> <laughs> um, having a major crisis over here. <laughs> dude, Tack pushed his bass the limit right here, dude. I like, oh, man. Just just when Destiny had that moment with Orpheus where she's like, do you not feel the same, punch? Tack goes ahead and quotes his dad. Music brings happiness and hope. I'll never let anyone stop that again. And right now, he's thinking about his father. He's thinking about Lenny. He's thinking about Cassette. He's thinking about himself, too. And holy shit, dude, this crescendo. I was thinking, oh, dude, checkmate. Like, how are you going to beat that? He just quoted Asahina on him as Asahina. Yeah. To probably one of Asahina's simps. Simps kill who they simp on sometimes because they love him so much. Mm. Obsession. That's my called beta mindset. Yeah, my <laughs> life is in dire like threats every day like i'm barely scared i got simps coming at me thank god i'm like absolutely undesirable (laughs) i will never have to deal with that problem (laughs) when all of you get killed by your best fans and i'm still here think Uh, about it learn to suck more at life listen i want all the pink menace simps and stands in the audience to comment on all our groups how much they love pink yeah, while sharpening your axes. <laughs> and I, dude, like I was saying, I'm like, all right, you lost, dude. This is checkmate. He dropped hit a ta- uh, you know, Grand Maestro Asahina, or at least the legendary conductor Asahina's famous quote to perfectly oppose and counter Sagan's like declarations 
and Sargon was thinking the same thing as me. He bows his head and says, with respectful defeat, surprising, right? Interesting, yeah. but it makes sense right here. Let us hear a round of applause for this young man as he bows his head to this young, bright-futured, but <laughs> ridiculously short-futured conductor, Takdasahina. Yeah, then he goes, yeah, I used to think my life was a comedy. Now I realize it's a cringe comp. <laughs> well, he thought his life was... A, well, I guess they would call them tragedies. Tragedy. When it ends, but you know, the per- when they die, they create they cause a ripple in the entire world's timeline and changes things forever. And that is dying with that makes everything worth it. Makes all the sacrifices worth it. It's a philosophy, right? Uh, he looks towards the heavens after he bows his head to tact, and he says, "Like you said, my comedy has come to an end." And that was insane. That was why that made sense right there, why he bowed his head and he just gave up right there because this is when he realized, he's like, oh, my life's a fucking joke. Oopsie poopsie, I was wrong. (laughs) Okay, so this is is my theory. I don't think that he realizes he's wrong here. I think what it is is this entire thing was he went through an extremely tragic experience and he lost all hope, as tragedy does to people, right? He cracked. And said, the only thing that I can do to fix the tragedy is to add comedy. And what is comedy at its core? It's absurdity. So he did the most absurd thing possible. Die, tagged. Well, no, he <laughs> he decided to just try to take over the world with these D2s or, like, cause this more tragedy through his comedy, right? And that's that's what his whole plan was is that he's bringing the comedy because that's the only thing that can cure tragedy right it's it's a it's a classic thing in 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 plays and in music where you have tragedies and you need to break it with comedy in order to not it's or else it's just too sad and it's not complete yeah but they say you also don't mix tragedy and comedy and i didn't and see that's it. why it's absurd right like that's why it it fails but he, there's no context or any kind of clues or hints that he's consciously trying to make anything funny like, no no so comedy doesn't necessarily have to be funny so that's the huh? thing what i do you guys get what i'm saying it's like it's like no. the, to him it's comedy but that's because he literally got went insane. I see where you're where you're reaching at. I just can't. I'm not grabbing it. Yeah, it's slippery. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I respect that. But I, the, the grief aspect is is less of a reach because before they flash to. <laughs> Say my idea is not as bad as yours. <laughs> well, I, I want to because he Lego saying he went insane. I don't think he went insane. So he in his mind he's doing the right thing. When it flashes to him on top of the building with hell holding the tuning fork, the scene before that is him seeing the black meteorite in the middle of the carnage of everything that happened after he broke down. So he took the the meteorite, turned it into the tuning fork, and full circle. That's why he's on top of 
the the Saturday right. That was his I, redemption, his final redemption no, I, attempt. I, yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think that he's literally the Joker. So when I was like saying he uh, bows his head and says with respectful defeat, let us hear a round of applause for this young man when he kind of acknowledges that he is checkmated or uh, it's over. Maybe it was the words of Asahina. I think there's more context that we're missing because of this crammed finale, but I ain't complaining. They did a good job of what they had. And then he looks towards the heavens and says, my comedy has come to an end. And I saw this as himself giving himself proper closure, like sharing this final crescendo revelation with himself, a trusted person and a higher power looking up at the heavens. Like it, it it's kind of like a straight up quote out of the, the fifth step in, in, uh, in AA Alcoholics Anonymous, dude, shout out to, uh, Franny pack, dude. <laughs> and Lincoln pork. Uh, <laughs> It's a surefire recipe to forgive yourself for fine closure, and uh, it, it made that made a lot of sense to me, and I just feel like that was that aha moment, and it explained why he just changed gears and bowed his head, and he's like, that's it. Everybody give it up for this young man. He did it. He helped me finally be able to like face myself and help me find closure, because he... he Gave himself proper closure, and he was able to finally, like, stop struggling. You know, shout out Guts. And he shared this final crescendo revelation with himself and a trusted person and a higher power, like him looking up. And he's like, this is it. This is what I needed. And it kind of clicks in my head now that first thing he said to Tackman, he's like, oh, come in. Make yourself comfortable. It's the first thing he said, really, was like, like, you know, oh, attack Tessahina, like, I'm so glad to see you, or I've been waiting for you, or something of that line, like, you are the final piece, you were the key that I was missing to unlock these chains that have been holding me down, and now I can move on from this life without this, like, like, a super uncomfortable, ridiculous, making me psychotic and breaking me, like, grudge thing that I have inside of me. Yeah, uh, that got replaced with giant crystals now. And again, it kind of makes a sense uh, that Tack deals the final blow with Cassestini's weapon. Yeah, he's like, "Here, man." And it was, well, what is that other enemy I'm thinking of? Where that the enemy needed the main character to get strong enough to defeat them? Tagoro, Tagoro no, from Yu Yu Hakusho vibes, dude. Maybe that's why it's all making sense to me. I just want everybody to beat Tagoro. Uh, a little montage of Earthquake hitting the Symphonica, and we get a few scenes from around the joint. And we see another freaking little Easter egg, yo, dude. Shout out the holidays. And uh, there's a green aesthetic twin blade music heart honey looking fly as hell. We only see her from the back, though. This is a quick one. Yeah. And she was, like, kind of far away. But I don't know. And then it was, like, a little one with the yellow dress in a little bit, too. So, like, we got, like, five new music hearts. On top of the There's three. a lot this episode, yeah. Yeah. And the place crumbles. That's pretty much the end of that scene. Place crumble, D2 shut down. The end of Orpheus, the end of uh, motherfucking. Yo, Orpheus's like, final scene where she's just, like, statuized and looking up with the tear on her face just for part of the ceiling to just squash her. And she was like, in like white stone like almost like a gorgon's eye yeah 
Which Ooh. also reminds me, we forgot to talk about how Tack's hair turned white at like the final climax with him and uh, and Sagan. Half white, XXS and Tack the own. He gave me, nice. he gave me a uh, shout out, Death the Kid, my hero vibes. Oh, yeah, because he has the red and then the white. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just said hey. I just said XXS intact the own and you stood my hero. Keep that shit in there, Granny. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a my hero stand here. Oh, um, well, you could both leave. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that. I thought it was cool how Destiny helped Orpheus. She kind of taught like, no, this is the truth, bitch. Like, no, like this is what being a music art's all about for your conductor. This is why, and then. Tact is like, you fucking idiot, aren't you a conductor? It's music. You have music to save your life. Remember my father's quote? Here, boom. And both Destiny and Tact were the final key to unlocking their misery. Yeah. Their misery chains. Uh, conductor and my, my magic art. Music art? Why no, no. It? You said magic art because this is that like magical girl Core? stuff. Like, this is, this is what all magical girls do. They talk their villain into realizing like things are gonna be okay. You don't have to hurt, and you don't have to hurt anyone. The final bow on the on the magical girl tropes, dude. Hey there. So yeah, so freaking make dude is making too much sense with all these wrap ups. Just yeah. a little, they just missed a little like stuff in the you know towards the middle in the beginning, or something like that. But all right, next scene. Tactic Destiny land on the beach. It's all over. What does that mean? It's all over. What have we been waiting for? It means music is safe. Mm-hmm. And what is Tack doing? He's he pulls humming. out a fucking kazoo? No. He's no. <laughs> just humming. Yeah. Imagine that. His dry-ass <laughs> lips look like a kazoo, though. He's playing a kazoo, and he's like, Oh, hey there, friend. Didn't see you there. He's like, Destiny, finally, you can hear my song. Ah, Cassestiny Danette, thank you for the P-board. The <laughs> <laughs> the keyboard is out, that like haters, waterboarding? Dude. But no, I was I was gonna say little piano flute, but then I tried to say keyboard flute, and sure. it's a keyboard now. Sure. Welcome to welcome, torture op destiny. Welcome to pee pee poo poo op destiny. <laughs> <laughs> May I take your excrements? All right, so oh ba- back b- back to the saddest part of the show. Uh, Tactus humming a song, huh? Interesting. He wastes no time. He, he just, he's been waiting for this, and it's so funny. He's been so anxious to play music, fidgety, like fucking do anything for it. And now that it's finally here, he's he looks very relaxed, and uh, it makes sense since he can't play the piano anymore because he's uh broken and paralyzed, probably. Yeah, dude's body went through the shits and. Oh my god, bro. When she asks what song is that, I was like, oh man, I know what song this is. Mm-hmm. We all know what song this is. Bitch can't read a room. No. Tack even says it. He responds with a combination of classic callbacks from the show. Dude, I love this so much. Uh, even at the very end, you still can't read the damn room. And that's exactly how Lenny started his final uh, phrase to tact even in the end you're still gonna be a brat yeah yeah and he so, is so he takes on that leniness and then he adds his own tactness in there with you can't read the damn room 
you derpy little music heart. And I promised you I would let you hear it. And I'm just thinking, it's for you, Destiny, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Read the room. Somebody put it in Braille for her. Yeah, read the beach, <laughs> damn it. Read the beach. Uh, he said, what do you know about music? And she said, well, I was literally born for music, so. And that was her little fucking tack clap back, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. She's always there to meet him. Wherever he goes. And she's used that one on him before when he asked that question as well. But this time it had emotion behind it. Yeah. So she got him back with the tack clap back remark to compliment his like they do so well. And it's a nice cap again on the pattern showed throughout the show that had been that developed for us of them going back and forth and Mm -hmm. they're ending it like that. But tact let her clap his cheeks back. Why? Well, I don't know how big his nuts are, but I damn sure know how big that piano for brains of his is. And that's why, dude. Yeah. He's like, you know, sometimes I do that with my harem. I, I let him win. So, yeah, you're on my level. I let him think they're on my level, but they're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb music art. <laughs> I look down at them like Orpheus, and I say, show me your Orpheus. <laughs> You couldn't help yourself, Hans. You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> you can see it in his face when he said it, too. He's like, I'm going to go for it. Uh, I, I, didn't write, I didn't even write that down. It just was fated. You let the music flow through you. Yeah, yeah. So it just came out of you, right? Right out of my Orpheus. Yeah, it was just destiny. And I, Dude, oh, man, I'm sure Titan and them will come save us soon. I'm going to take a nap. Oh, I he said that, and I went... Bye nah, bye. Nah, stay the fuck away, Comey. Please, stop. Good night, young prince. And she just says, "Okay, good night." And she's just like staring up into the sky, like she already knew what was happening. Or I don't know. Looking like a total wife. She she knew. And she knew. Yeah, I'm not crying. You're crying. I am crying. I was tearing up this whole time. I wrote, "Is pink okay? Somebody check on pink." <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, ever since I got that Snapchat after uh, the day I became a d- jo- the day I became a fucking podcast host, the day I became a god. <laughs> no, honestly, this wasn't episode ten. Episode ten was the one that really sent me. And I was thinking, poor Harley in the in the Facebook group, uh, <laughs> when she's like, "Did anybody watch the last episode? I need help processing this right now." And like nobody. <laughs> It was like late. I think it was like past midnight. And I'm like, oh, she's. And I just watched it earlier today. I'm like, oh, she was probably bugging. None of us were there for her. <laughs> Homie, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I ain't even here for myself. I don't know why you asked for help. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's cool how, I don't know, Sagan's whole. What was behind. The core of his desire was to make his life so damn impactful the final song of his lo- of his life you know when he was saying you know when the conductor waves his wand in the air even though it's a baton uh he want basically like planting the tree for the future for, for which shade you will never see that is like the definition of a hero pretty much and this yeah. is what sagan wanted for himself i will make everything all these sacrifices worth it with what i will achieve in the end it will be worth it and tact is doing that 
for him. And maybe Sagan realized that. And he's like, you know what? I can rest now because you're going to do it for me. And I was involved in it. And I'm the one who helped you do that. Very much like Tagoro from Yu Hakusho. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, but I don't see Tagoro with crayon drawings. Oh, Tagoro? Yeah. Maybe Elder Tagoro. He Elder would, Tagoro definitely has crayon drawings well, of killing people. Younger Tagoro would just do, like, the grip it with his whole fist. <laughs> oh, so he's just, like, melting the crayon wax in between his fingers. Yeah, in between his freaking huge, muscly cheeks. So she's crying, and then, he, you know, he's passed away. And she has a few seconds before she fades away herself, and she gives him a kiss, a goodbye kiss. She gets hers, yo. Um, mm-hmm. She says, I love you. And as she fades away, and she's just fading away up into the sky, right? I just, I'm thinking she's saying, I'm keeping your hoodie, by the way. I, I'm, oops, I mean your arm. Because he's laying there without his arm and he's dead. I do love how she was like holding his ghost arm (laughs) on the beach. That was kind of cute. That was cute. cute. It was kind of cute, but kind of sad. Yeah. It would have been better if she was just holding on to the sleeve. Yeah, (laughs) that would have been dope too. Uh, we see cassette, and it's you know it's all white background, kind of like, like the, the afterlife. End of the OP. Yeah, it's the end of the OP. At the very end of the OP. Oh, jizzam, really? Yeah, yeah, it's a straight shot of the end of the OP. And and it seemed like she was waiting for him, mm-hmm. so she could hand something off to him, so then they can both be it, together and journey on to the afterlife together. It reminded me very much of uh, Kenji Asahina to Lenny. Oh, yeah. snap! Still with the light, and it's like, come on, it's our time to go. Opening the door. Lenny's yep. got a harem of fucking dudes. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. I should call him. God damn it, I should call him too. Uh, We see the D2 are still attacking sometimes on the East Coast on the news too. Well, I think you guys are glossing over the, the biggest thing. Tack's not dead. Yeah, he's also not dead. That's true. Yeah. They yeah. found him in time and they put him into the cryo chamber. Whack. Well, it was also, like, that was given away, too, because she, unlike Kenji Asahina, when she said something, there were no words. Yeah. Kenji said to Lenny, come on, it's time to go. So she says there's no words. She puts something in his hand, and when he looks, she's gone. So it's like, that's it. That was his window to go to the afterlife. Gone. He's yeah. still alive. Oh, snap. Like, your job isn't finished. Here, yep. take this. Yeah. It's my favorite uh, Necklace. game, Pokemon Gold. <laughs> that <laughs> that you might press the button, the sword pops out. <laughs> yeah, I have an adamant Tyranitar in there. Do not restart the game. And it's shiny. Uh, Feed it, Poffins. I don't know. I, I feel like the D2 are still on the East Coast because probably because New York rap is king, and they, they know that. That's true. Yeah. That's facts. Get money. Oh, no, that's the wrong song. Shit. That's the <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. That's the biggie diss. That's Tupac. <laughs> Who shot you? <laughs> oh, God. Who shot you? Seco- separate the weight from the conductors. Oh. Somebody get the duct tape. Because I got hell in my basement. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not allowed. <laughs> Someone so. call Swuggy. <laughs> yeah, call the I thought you were say SWAT team. Yeah, same thing. So we're gonna need them, and I'm gonna need a whole bunch of friggin' replacement Razor scooter wheels for our Healy uh, go round sex machine. Ah, uh, boys, 
I'm going to need about two jars of mustard, a chisel, three rubber bands, and a bussy flashlight. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we almost done? Yeah. He goes over we are. So this next scene, man, this is like that, uh, not the prelude, the outer lewd? The post-lewd. Uh, hell lewd. In my DMs, everybody. Send Pink sent me picks. one. Pink sent me a sick one, dude. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it's the rest of the gang. Some time has passed. Maybe a few days, maybe a year. Two months. I don't know. Two months. Uh, it's been two months. So it's December 22nd, which is when the show came out. Mm-hmm. When the show ended? Oh, this episode. When it, It's when the show aired. Th- this episode aired? Yeah, it, it aired in Japan on December 22nd, which is what the time is yes. in the, when the news is on the screen and you see everybody again. Yeah, in 2047. Yeah, it's just 2047. 2047. And a uniform array. Hold on. Titan pushing Lottie over to Anna is just the thing. The only thing we needed after that heavy goodbye. Yeah. It's like the only thing that could have like softened that blow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a uniformed up wearing my favorite chisel, military shorty outfit, with new haircut. God, d- gosh darn it! With the short hair, okay, Anna. Yo, th- that short hair bob, the little curls on the inside, like yeah. killing it. Ascending into Ara Ara hood. Yeah, right before our eyes. I was personally not a fan of the new haircut, but shut your mouth. <laughs> I liked it, but I like it better with the long hair. Yeah, this is coming from the two people who thought Alien Destiny was cute. So yeah, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself now too. All right, you... Destiny forever. Destiny forever. Uh, sp- sporting the necklace that represents tack, Destiny and cassette, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, goddamn, this is some poetic shit, bro. The bows on this, they're extravagant. Anna says while gripping her necklace. Wish I was a necklace. I want to do everything. (laughs) I just got that. I'm sorry. That was delayed. (laughs) I want to do everything I can so that he can play all the music he wants because I'm pretty sure that's the wish they left for me. And see, like, I I wasn't sold on this quote. And I was kind of like... This is kind of like, yo, you've been talking to Lego about his theories or something? (laughs) I have good theories. You guys just can't see how good they are. It's just really assuming a lot and and also overly optimistic of her. But it is her MO to be overly optimistic. Like, where is she getting this from? It's Anna Schneider, man. She trusts Lottie's ability to cryo chamber his ass and then wake him up like Walt Disney in 100 years. That was never translated or communicated at all no well she, it was communicated i'm not in talking the, just verbally either like sim- like contextually symbol like nothing told me that well, Lottie not in this episode talking about like cryogenically freezing them on the beach until when, she can find something yeah. they never told they never discussed tack doesn't know anything about this yet yeah tack no. doesn't know but so how would was, he give her this message how would he know because That's what I'm when, saying. when she finds him on the beach, she goes, someone get the cryo chamber. I know this, but I'm saying Tact doesn't know about this. Yeah, well, Tact's no, yeah, Tact's passed out, but he had in his hand the necklace, and I'm assuming what happened was she took the necklace from his hand and was like, 
you know, this is a symbol of like me taking on the reins. I understand that as well. I, th- I mentioned that saying that it represented Tac Destiny and Cassette. What I am saying, guys, is she said, pr- because I'm pretty sure that's the wish they left me. You know, I might just move on. One more time for the for the for the viewers. Say what are you, What are you asking? I want to do everything I can so that he can play all the music he wants, because I'm pretty sure that's the wish they left me. I mean, that was Destiny's desire and goal. They never mentioned anything about a wish, and I, I don't think, know. I think Anna's reaching, yo. I I see what she you is. mean. Anna's yeah. reaching. Yeah. Or there's like a plot hole, uh, like they miss. I honestly, you know what I think it is? It's uh inaccurate translation or a failed translation into English. Well, the pretty. I'm pretty sure that's the wish they left me was not translated as best as it could, in my opinion. I think she meant to say like, you know, that's what they expect of me, or that's what I can do for them for their memory, or something along those lines. I'm gonna help their goal. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on their desires and goals. I'm gonna complete the mission that they left or something like that. I mean but I think the wish word can be wish. Used. I think wish could be used in that way. It could. It could. It just wasn't yeah. the best word that they chose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Cause we don't know how long Tack's gonna be frozen for. That's the that's the big key. So I guess I the the wish part is kind of like the hope, right? Because that's the whole thing about this episode and like yeah. wishing when you wish for something, you're hoping it comes true. Yeah. So, so maybe it's a has they use wish just to like tie it in with hope. Yeah, they could just use hope, man. I don't know because hope it's a like reach. can hope usually incorporates fate, a uh, faith, uh, and tomorrow, you know, and, and a wish is kind of just like. Throwing your fishing rod out there and hoping you catch a freaking Stanley Steamer sized uh, striped bass. <laughs> now, are you talking about like the carpet cleaner or the van? The van. T- tough on dirt, gentle on carpet. Anna walking down a hall, gripping for, for, any, for, for the necklace with while that with the song playing, dude. The song, I was like, dude, I know this song. What is it from? I know it's from the PV called. Now this is what I call music, or now this now this is what I call music. Uh, volume volume seven, volume twenty forty seven. Oh, uh, where am I? The post credit scene. Yeah, that song. I wish I knew what it was, man. Maybe See, I think it's the song that they released the day after with love. That's nope. a tax song. It's not the one we heard on YouTube. Oh, okay. That was all strings. Okay. A lot of edits in the end. She says, let's go, Cassette. And her eyes turn that blue-yellow color, mm-hmm. which is like, huh? Then she says, Destiny. And then, then Destiny appears. Then Anna's footsteps turn into an older, mature version of Destiny with Booba. Yo, that's <laughs> what, it's really funny because... I, you were always like, well, Destiny's the best girl. And you're right. But it's not Destiny. It's Destiny. That's best girl. <laughs> they, Fair. They put jiggle physics in there for, on purpose on, like, the last, I don't know, three seconds of and, the show. And instead of, like, platform boots, now they're, like, rose, like, Stilettos. stem heels. Yeah. yeah. With Anna's curled bob. So I think what happened there. Oh. Yeah. I think that Destiny didn't die. I think that 
she took on the she's now the conductor for destiny and that's what like passing on the necklace was no it's better it's even better yet it's in the name this is the music arts destiny destiny was not just a music art like everyone else destiny's almost like fate created from a tragedy save the world and cassette that that body that um vessel is tired that's why she faded away but left behind the gem so the power could still be used by somebody else oh because mm. that was the necklace that cassette's mother gave her correct yeah yeah oh wow so they can even go back uh get a little uh what they call those things that happened before prequel yeah in france shout out france dude all the french listeners bonjour uh <laughs> is camiseta I fold our baguette. Oh, <laughs> oh, Holy shit! There goes the French you, <laughs> listeners. Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> uh, I don't. Know, I feel like this final scene kind of ruined. Kind of ruined it for me. No, the final scene was it, just the first scene of the game. I hope that's that's what I took that it, as. Like I was, I was waiting for the green goo to start dripping down the scene and the goosebumps ED to start playing. <laughs> when I saw her eyes go blue and yellow. Oh, that's that thing hit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that song hit. But hit it, Chivo. Yeah. No, I don't think we could play that one. <laughs> no, definitely not. Chivo, stop. R.L. Stein would have us. We'd be in the next one. Oh. But yeah, man, this last scene, it just ended so good. And then they're like, just pulled some whimsical ass, like, magical girl shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was. I don't like when they fuck with death in anime and shows. And sh especially shit so serious and they, they put so much time and care into it. Like, the whole, like, you know, pe bringing people back to life in Naruto thing. Like, that barely got by with me. A lot of them I was not okay with. But, uh. Yeah, I don't know. I think you guys I would like that final scene. No, I think I agree with you. I think I would have rather the show end with just the necklace in his hand on the beach. Yeah, and maybe even mm -hmm. the the whole like, oh, we found him, put him in the cryo chamber, and then just don't have the New York scene uh, in December it's, with with everything else there. It's like it's, I'm okay with this. I liked this having a good good old rollerblading session with with a girl, you know. And then no, I don't know when it's when it's when it's over, and she's like saying goodbye. She's like lifts up her pant legs. And she's like, I have these sick ankles. You didn't even see the whole time we were rollerblading. And then you're like, <laughs> No, don't go! I didn't get the rollerblade with you by looking at your ankles. And she's gone. Like, why do you have to end the show like that? I don't. I don't follow. Set up for season two. Please. Yeah. Huh? I mean, that's what the yeah, that's... It's definitely just set up for like more content, right? I, I think that was literally like the opening cutscene to the mobile game. It could at this be. Point. I hope it. I but hope. Uh, but you Whack. there's all the mobile games have images of Tact, so I think it takes place when Tact wakes up. Yeah, especially because the destiny in the mobile game is is the adult destiny and the that destiny. we see at the end. Yeah, yeah. a destiny. Damn. So he's gonna get waifus combined as well. Yeah. Oh wait, do you think that Anna became destiny? Yeah, I was telling Spades this earlier. I'm like, if if you give Anna Schneider the power of destiny, Anna already herself was a boss-ass bitch. Yeah. Now she can 
1v1 anybody and win. But doesn't that mean that Destiny Spirit uh, thing is going to, like, take over and eat, you know, put Anna in the background? I don't think it's going to eat know. Anna the same way that she did Tact. I think they're just going to share a body but it makes and just one consciousness active at a time. It also makes sense That's why... So it also makes sense why she has the bob cut. Because, like, when she transforms, her hair just changes color instead of, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? So it instead matches like Destiny's... Instead of, like, hair was. Exactly. So it's the same length. No matter what direction it goes, with the information I got so far, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I love the show. I guess we gotta rate it. But I just wasn't happy with that final scene. That's fair. I think that's a reasonable gripe to have. I would have fucking put a super franny stamp on this final episode and i still might it was an after credit scene so you know you're right it's not it's not like it was in the main part of the show right i'm glad they did that i'm glad they did that just like those marvel movies hey there it goes again another marvel movie thing big facts but yeah that's not necessarily canon for the movie either it's like an out of context, like, hey, maybe we'll see, this is going to lead up to the next episode. Hey, look, it's Stan Lee in space. Say hi. Hey, say hi to Stan Lee, everybody. <laughs> He's in space. <laughs> look at him go. He's in the movie. So, yeah, man. I mean, what are we going to rate I rate this it? an 8. 8 out of 10. When do we, since when the fluff do we do that? I don't. <laughs> would that be an A? Yeah. A plus? No, A plus would be like nine. nine. Well, technically, like an eight, eight to like not eight. Anything below nine, from eight to nine, would be in the B or B plus range. And well, then, S is ten. Yeah, but like nine is the start of A. I would think nine would be A plus, and eight would be A. But then we're not doing numbers. We're just doing letters. Okay. All um, right. I'm getting an A minus. A. Oh man, it's my turn, huh? I didn't go yet. You want me to go? Yeah, thank you. I'd give it an S minus. Oh. So I was thinking, like, I don't know if we're going to give S variations, but. uh, One in Rome. No, I think that's good. We need all that. I'm. A. Flat. Yep. Shout out musical notes. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> musical charts. And, uh. That's that's about it. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, any closing? What do we talk about now? It's the end. If anyone's stuck through this freaking this firestorm, this absolute crescendo. Yeah. Let's know. I'll send you a present. I mean it. I won't. That ain't for me. Well, I might steal your present though. And if anybody else agrees that Sagan is like the Joker, oh, hit me up. No! Yeah, what what do you want them to do? Hit me up. We oh, can talk yeah. about it. Hit you. We can I we can you. we can talk about it in all the forums that we have and make everybody else look stupid. That's insane, dude. You're gonna, just like Sagan, dude. You're gonna create a cult and they're all gonna kill themselves when they the yeah. cult of Lego pizza. Oh, I can't wait for Lego to sit there and be like, ah, die, pink, and just belly flop on the crystals. <laughs> I'll fucking I'll do it. Why I'll is fucking anybody do laughing? It, pink. This is supposed to be a comedy. <laughs> I used to think my life was a podcast. Now I realize it's a cringe comp. All right, I gotta go. I'm leaving. We don't have an outro. Space like I'm exposed. GG. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you want to end it, but.
Yeah, I think that was good. That was great. <laughs> I was thinking throughout. I was like, I'm just gonna leave that shit in there. I think that's really good and human. I was just yes. being like, no, yes, yes, no, yes. yes. I think it's okay to have like different opinions on it, and it's okay. It's also okay to have wrong opinions. We forgive you. You literally quoted the Joker, and it was spot on, dude. I know. There's no shot. No. They would consciously do any bat Batman inspiration.